Happy 200th Golden Globies. It's been a wild ride. It has. I can't believe we made it to 200. Do you know how I celebrated 200? How did how? I won $200 on sports gambling yesterday. Oh, people, people love to hear about your sports. I know. Gambling. NCAAB, you know, you got to you got to bet on the underdogs halfway through the game. That's where you make the profs. McGriff, episode 200. It's a big episode. Yeah. Big movie. Okay. Big Cannons? Oh. Of course it's canon. <laughs> Golden Globe is theater. Of course it's canon. <laughs> even though it's been three months since we've done a canon movie. It's something like that. We got to do it for the 200th. Well, yeah. And we got to have a big guest. Okay. And I got the biggest guest, Griff. This is, I've been working on this for months, talking with this guy's people, back and forth, negotiating, demands. Yeah. Manningly's voice is blown from all the negotiations. Yes. Well, of course, I'm not. I'm, I'm using our people to talk to his people. Yeah, yeah. We take credit we for it, though. Finally, we finally, it came down to finally. I don't know what it is about our, our guest, Griff, but it's, the final demand is always M&M's. It, it, it's always specific the M&M's. They're just the sexiest. Well, that's, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because he demanded that we only give him green and brown M&M's. Because, and I quote, I only eat female M and M's. That's what he said. Script <laughs> just fits all over me. <laughs> and he said, "Don't give me those lesbian M and M's with the tennis shoes on, stiletto heels." And I said, "Fine." I gave in because I want this to get so bad. This is the only podcast you go to that's still making three-month-old M M&M and M jokes. <laughs> yes. But here's the reason why, Griff, because you know we'll let anybody on this show. This is true. They, you don't. You don't know how to even. You don't know how to speak. You don't know how to read. Just come on. You're on. I, do, I just spit my drink everywhere. But we have one rule, and only one. One rule only. The guest can never be better looking than me. Yes. That's the one rule. But because this episode is so important, I chose to put that that aside. No shit. Because I want to get some women listeners on our show. So I, I, you want me to list off the accolades of this guy? I wish you would. This guy, some, some people consider him the modern-day Ricky Morton. That's how hot he is. <laughs> Look him up, kids. All the teeny boppers in their training undergarments soaking wet when this guy enters a room, Griff. Well, you're already wet from my drink. <laughs> yeah. Rock star hair for days. This guy has a permanent spot reserved for him in Jim Cornette's hot tub if he ever wants to take it. Oof. That's how <laughs> spectacular this guy is. That's an elite class right there. Of course. I'm not, I was, I've never been invited to Jim Cornette's no. hot tub. And I've tried. He won't even let me buy the hot tub action figure. If anything, he'll stab me with a needle in the yeah, hot that's tub right. and then throw me out. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce this guy. That's a good idea. Hailing from Austin, Texas. He is the former WWE Cruiserweight Champion. He is the former three-time WWE Tag Team Champion of the World. He is Paul, don't call me Jones, London. I'm throwing a smoke bomb down right now. Yeah, Can you see that? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'm behind you. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, that thank man. you. Nice and that is very nice of you. Nice intro. I will. Uh, I'll sure can you last. <laughs> um, 
Woo, no, thanks. thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, those M&Ms were quite tasty, too, once I got oh, them man. out of the police station. Yeah, they're very bookable at the cop station. The right kind of high-heel M&M stiletto exactly. M&M hookers that I'm all about. So thank you. Now, do you eat the green ones first or the brown ones first? <laughs> I mash them together. Oh, you mash them? Okay. You yeah. Gotta, yeah. Uh, you I, like to see, I like to see M&M on M&M action. Oh, Jesus. No. I, we don't yeah. need to get... This is not an After Dark episode, so we can't get too into the weeds with uh, the sexualization <laughs> no. of candy. That's yeah. okay, yeah. I, I eat them in my hot tub, same time. <laughs> they won't melt because of the candy shell. Exactly. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, God. Uh, well, we have very important questions that we have to ask every first guy. Right. You're our first time guest. We always got... It. The first question is, who was... Your guy growing up, your action movie guy. Yeah. Oh man. Um, well, I I did grow up uh, with healthy doses of Jim Cotta. That was definitely one of my favorite. <laughs> Wait, you watched um, Jim Cotta as a youth? Yeah. No, I loved Jim Cotta as a youth, even wow. though Kurt, Th- Kurt Thomas never really did any other films after that. I think they no, I were think excited. Was yeah, I think that was it. They were just like, gymnastics and martial arts! <laughs> that didn't go how we planned. Um, okay, no more. So, um, definitely loved uh, Dudikoff quite a bit. You know, he was like the James Dean of canon. I mean, that's um, what he's going for, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's going. Yeah. Whether he's no, excited, he we don't know. I think they referred to him as that at one time, you know, when they sold him on being Peter Parker for their failed Spider-Man attempt. You know what? I'd give him an 8 out of 10 for Peter Parker. I think he'd kill it. He, imagine Dudikoff doing some quips. No, I can't. I agree. I mean, I think he was probably a bit old to be a Peter Parker by this point, because this would have been after his American Ninja tenure. But, um, yeah, no. so I was a Dudikoff guy. Definitely a Jean Claude guy. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, I would say somewhere there's a picture of me nearly doing the splits in a very Jean Claude pose that I inspired from this picture that I had of Jean Claude doing the splits with his bicep out in front of him. So yeah, I was a big Jean Claude guy. That was that was my guy. Um, loved. Most of all the ninja characters in G.I. Joe. I grew up on G.I. Joe, uh, you know, like probably most of us did. But in terms of action stars, yeah, it was definitely, definitely Jean Claude. Um, man, yeah. How about Seagal? I, you know, I never, I never got into Seagal because he, like my mom at the time, dated a guy who had a kind of a greasy ponytail and it was very <laughs> reminiscent of Seagal and um, I don't know. It just didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like, I didn't like his ways and I well, didn't. You're going to fit in right yeah, here on this yeah, podcast. Yeah. We oh shit on God. Seagal all the time. So, right. Oh man. Yeah. He, he I don't, th- have you ever seen him do a kick? Like, has he ever done any it's kicks? Like, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, even back during like marked for death and, Hard to kick. I don't know. He, he might have done some always... front kick at he's one He's done time. some front kick. He's never done a roundhouse. No, though. he's not a roundhouse. No, no yeah, he's he's pretty It makes tough. sense for him, though, because he's a fucking towering blobby guy. Well, 
he went from being a just rail of a human being to a blob being, being skinny fat, skinny just fat. fat to just fat. Yeah. He never had any muscles. That's yeah. That's oh. I would hate to have anybody in my life who reminded me of Steven Seagal to go through that in your young age. I, I imagine there's a lot of therapy you're paying for today. Still going. Yeah. Still going. Yeah. So you can just yeah. send that bill straight over to Steven Seagal's people, I think. Think all the way in where in Bulgaria or Russia or where is he wherever he's at right now? So well, 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 we already did Russia last week. Can't we can't go back there? Everyone was a, a, a ashamed probably of a us. general in the Russian army right now. He could be. <laughs> he, Dude, he's yeah. he is practically Russian, I think, at this point, isn't he? Yeah, he's definitely um, got dual citizenship there. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Well, um, let's bring this back to ninjas. Yeah, okay? no, I agree. Yeah, please, please. He's so, he would be he would be an awful ninja, you know. Like he he would definitely be this, would be. This round mass of just black garb. Um, um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna guess Murray. Your ninja is gonna be Shokazugi. Yeah, my of course is Franco Nero because of the mustache, <laughs> and I just relate to him. Uh, Paul, do you, do you have one ninja you think you would pick out of the bunch? I mean, definitely Franco Nero, just because he's <laughs> he's he's from Texas. Yeah, he's yeah he's Cole from Texas, man. You know, and he's oh, yeah. you know why from not? Texas? He's from Italy. What are you talking about? I had the character, man. Come oh. on, Cole. <laughs> okay. His name's Cole because everyone in Texas is named Cole. <laughs> you know, just from the ranch. Oh, that's, that's a real weird. American name. I'm only now putting this together. My favorite ninja movie growing up was Three Ninjas, and one of the characters' <laughs> name was Cole, and I never put yeah. that together. Was that, he from Texas? Maybe. Think, maybe. Yes, this Probably. kid was from Texas. The rest of his family yeah. was from New Connecticut, <laughs> but the one son was born in Texas. <laughs> little bastard. Little bastard. We found out before we started this episode, we were just getting warmed up, chatting with Paul a little bit. He's got a certificate in ninjology. <laughs> That's right. Ninjutsu. Oh, ninjutsu, excuse yeah. me. I thought he did the chemical mixing. I was I was back and forth. I didn't get to hear the yeah. whole conversation. It's actually a dual certificate. It's ninjology oh. and ninjutsu. Oh, my God. So you yeah. know all the compounds. You know how to make your own smoke bombs, I imagine. Absolutely. There's a lot of chemical warfare involved with making your own smoke bombs, poisoning people, You know, putting the right amount of poison on your little tip ring that you can just kind of oh. tap somebody and they'll go to sleep forever. Yeah, your gold a thumbtack ring. But just That's don't, right. don't tell Tulsa Gabbard that you have any kind of chemical compound labs going on because she'll declare war on you. Oh, no, 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 no. And if Be she tries to, I'll put her to sleep too. Being a ninja is about being secretive, Griff. That's right. Yeah. That's just, right. No, I did lots of training as a kid, man. Sneaking around neighbors' houses, climbing their roofs, uh, you know, all sorts of ninja techniques, hiding in trees. Rolls, getting the dog shit off your back when you roll through it. <laughs> were you Come a, on. Were you a ninja every Halloween? A, a good amount. Yeah, a good amount. And I would just wear whatever martial arts outfit I had and put some kind of ragtag rag around my face or something. I, I did have a ninja outfit once that I ordered from... Black Belt Magazine, but I always felt that they were too, I don't know, not not, not the best quality. I was like, you know, I can't fight and kill people in this outfit. It'll rip, like, right at the crotch, and then you'll see everything. 
Um, you know, so I always wanted those to be better quality. My tabby boots uh, were well broken in. My tabby socks came in handy as well because you can't wear regular socks with your tabby boots. It'll oh, that's right. You have to have the yeah. It'll chafe the inside of your toes. Man, that's so, like so many ninjas too. Like the not like the beginner ninjas. Well, have you get to, calluses. You can get me when you're a ninja. Come on. Yeah, the pros. I don't know. You got to have that special sock though. We actually that's did. Right. My I I have a friend who likes to wear socks with sandals in the summertime. Ah, I would and kill him immediately. Oh yeah, no, that's what everybody says when they see him. Hi Sam. He doesn't listen. Um, <laughs> but we actually we're gonna order them. They make those special socks that you can order, and we we're gonna get them a thirty pack where it has camel the split socks? for yeah the camel toe socks. Oh. We were gonna get them a special camel that's toe sock. Super thoughtful. I mean, that's I wish. <laughs> I wish most of those socks and sandal nerds would wear that because at least it would look appropriate. A little, a little you know? bit. Yeah, a little bit more appropriate. So oh. the goddamn hiking socks and, you know, it's, yeah, it's fucking terrible. Paul, am I mistaken? Are you, I hate to say this, and I hate, I, if, if you're not, I apologize, but are you a Lauren Avedon fan? Huge, huge Lauren <laughs> Avedon fan, and I don't know if that's offending anybody. I don't give a shit because the guy's awesome. But see, the thing is, <laughs> I grew up on you know like early uh, seasonal films and stuff. Like obviously, like No True No Surrender was incredible. But again, you know, I liked uh, the Jason Stillwell character, even though he left and went on to do like soap operas and stuff like that. I'm trying to remember his name, um, but. Then when I saw No Tree, No Surrender 2, I didn't have an appreciation for Abaddon at the time because I was still young and I still had part one well ingrained in my head. And I was so bothered that neither um, the main guy uh, and Jean-Claude had come back. Apparently, the rumor was that Jean-Claude was afraid they were going to get raped by Cambodian pirates. I'm not even kidding you. <laughs> and that was why he talked. Uh, God, the name's really bothering me. Why I can't remember his name, but the, the main no lead name. No, nobody does. No, he's a, he's a solid actor. Um, but he had gotten kind of like a soap opera gig on the table already. So he didn't mind not coming back, but they were both contractually obligated to come back for part two. But uh, really looking back on it, that was the first time I, I saw Lauren Avedon and, I didn't know how to appreciate it because, you know, there was like machine guns and all this. It was such a departure from part one. And uh, that was Matthias Hughes' first film. But but since, I mean, uh, yeah, Avedon's incredible. You know, I'm bummed that he didn't really become a bigger star. Like he, he turned down that PM deal that went to like Don the Dragon Wilson. And uh, that's well documented. He had held out for like a bigger deal and it kind of just blew up in his face. And he ended up not getting really any deal after that. So he blames himself for that. But yeah, Abaddon, are you guys, I take it y'all are we not? We're not, we're not fans. He floats. What is it, what is it about him? Is it that he wears his, his <laughs> trucker cap like floating he on the top of his head? On he his head. He wears oversized eight ball jackets. <laughs> like, what is he his does, deal? He does have the nerdyisms to him, but like, and he's super emoting in certain ways, which I I could see how that could turn people off. But I I think that adds to the charm, man. It's like this guy's just like a big nerd. Um, and also, if you see him, he's in an episode of Baywatch where he actually oh, gets beat yeah. up by. Oh. 
We're watching Mitch that. Buchanan. Okay. Yeah. It's yep. it's and also Kamel Krifa is in this episode who played Tong Po in Kickboxer Four. What? Yeah. Oh, and uh, okay. Kamel Krifa is also the uh he's behind the table, like he's a club guy in uh double impact who kind of leans over and looks at uh chad like the la jean-claude who's wearing like the short shorts and he kind of looks at him like no i'm not sure about this boss he's he's gets his neck slit by the girl and uh with this i think or no there's a guy with spurs with they stole this spot from near dark but it's like a spin kick and it slits the guy's throat and double impact but that's kamel krifa who gets his neck slit and he's in that film but that's same guy who's uh tong po and kickboxer four with all the prosthetics but anyways he plays a fight promoter in this episode of Baywatch and Lauren Abaddon's like the big heel who's from, uh, he's from, uh, Mitch Buchanan's past. The bully. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he is. And then he gets, ah, man, I won't spoil it for you. It's a, it's a solid episode. Well, <laughs> we might have to bring you back. Oh, I was just going to say, you basically episode. signed yourself up. We're going to be, we're going to be hitting you up to do that because that sounds right in our goddamn wheelhouse. And we get to see eighty-year-old uh, uh, fucking Hasselhoff beat up Lauren Abaddon with a hat floating. Oh man, yeah. Ready his fights, his fight techniques are, or it leaves a lot to be desired. I'll say that, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as much as you guys may not like Avedon, you're just going to be like, there's no fucking way. There's, there's no, no fucking way. What, what's our stunt coordinator in this movie? Steve Lambert. There's no Steve, Steve Lambert, Lambert on Baywatch. Should we oh, get into this movie? Because we probably should do that. Right. <laughs> we should bring it back to this movie. This, don't worry, Paul. This is how it always this goes. This is how it's going to go. No, I was just saying, I wish Avedon would have played a ninja in some movie. It would have been... Really apt, you know. Hey Scott there, Atkins. Guys, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just... Weren't we just talking I'm about sorry, Paul just, Jones? I don't know. I mean, sure, he's a lovely guy in real life, but right. he's just too much of a geek. I'm sorry. Didn't work. It's yeah. But he's I, beating up Billy Blanks. Come on. Yeah, no, nobody. That, mo- that movie is badass. Come on. And kicking the kickboxers. That's one of the greatest fight scenes ever. No, we enjoyed that. Inspired fucking Street Fighter characters. So that's incredible. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. DJ. DJ. God, he knows all the facts. This is great. I don't oh, get man. the Abaddon thing, but it's okay. <laughs> You, you know who should have been a bigger star too is Keith Cook. Keith, um, which one's that? Keith, Keith Cook plays Master Prang in Kickbox or in King of the Kickboxers, oh. and he's also in China O'Brien. And I want to say he plays Sub Zero in the original Mortal Kombat, in the first two, like the original OG of uh, Mortal Kombat movies. That's another one we probably um, have to do. But he's a huge yeah. stunt coordinator and whatnot. Uh, and I want to say Richard Norton is also another. He's a big stunt coordinator, fight choreographer now as well, who had his little uh, shine in the sun and Jim Cotta, uh, amongst a lot of other films. That's me bringing it back to Jim Cotta with the generic ninjas. Say. I did not like the ninjas in Jim Cotta. They were rough, yeah. Yeah. Those were those pharmacy store, generic G.I. Joe type ninjas I was talking about where it's, yeah, the, yeah just such shit. 
Because <laughs> it wasn't canon, that's why. Even though everyone, including me, thought Jim Carter was a canon movie, not a canon movie. Right, that's so incredible. How yeah. that, that's why in the Golden Globes Theater podcast, we do everything canon adjacent, because clearly canon inspired that whole wave of action movies. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I think yeah. originally when we were talking, or when you were speaking with my people, that, you know, I think I had mentioned maybe Lone Wolf McQuaid, but that turns out to not have been a canon movie either, even though I think originally they were a co-producer on Lone Wolf McQuaid, but um, that's just like Oscar worthy compared to, I guess, most canon films. Um, so I could see how that wasn't one of their movies, but still one of my favorites. Are you a Chuck guy? Um, I'm actually more of a David Carradine guy in that film because it, it, it is my favorite Chuck movie. I think he's, he definitely shows the most charisma and his fights are much more believable and it's, it's more believable seeing him drive out of being buried in a Ram charger after he drinks some beer. It's like his spinach, right? And he drives up out of the dirt. I mean, the, the whole movie is just so badass. Uh, it inspired, right? It inspired the Texas Walker uh, series. Hmm. So, but 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 seeing David Carradine really uh, throw his like his kung fu form is just so badass in that movie. And he's got the whatever that fucking what's that shirt he's wearing? It's like a cardigan. He's <laughs> he's like he's kicking ass in a cardigan. I like the guy. Um, yeah, yeah, he's badass. Uh, but I did like Chuck a lot. Just I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't grasp as a kid being behind the heavily bearded like hairy guys. You know, I was much more into like the sleek, clean cut, yeah, show your ass Jean Claude guys. Yeah. yeah. So you must really hate Billy the Cop in Ninja Three. He's, <laughs> he's Georgian with steel. Like, oh my god! Oh, I'm such a nerd. Such a nerd. Um, yeah, he's. I didn't I, like him at all. I like how you use nerd in the Revenge of the Nerd ways, where he is a stalker, like uh, our yeah. main character. I uh, can't. David Carradine? No. Wait, isn't he a Carradine or something? Lewis, yeah, the nerd. Robert Carradine. Robert Carradine. Yeah, yeah. Carradine's on right. the brain. Right. Uh, but yeah, he was Who a stalker was... too, so this is good. He, this comes back. He's a... Wait, he, the stalker in Revenge of the Nerds? He was one of them? Robert, yeah, Robert Carradine was yeah. he, he's the oh, guy. Yeah, I know he's like the main nerd. Yeah, he also yeah. appears in Ghost of Mars. Um, and in yeah, one of our I thought was in one of our favorites, number one with a bullet, which we hated. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know that one. Oh, that's a movie I, for you. I thought it was. I could have swore it was a Lethal Weapon ripoff, but it came out a week before Lethal Weapon came out. But wow. It's, uh, it's the crazy white guy cop Robert Carradine and the cool black cop Billy D. Williams. Mm-hmm. Nice. It, no, it wasn't nice. It was pretty rough. It was a rough it's movie. Not good, was it, it supposed it, to be like a buddy cop type movie? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, uh, Car- Carradine plays a, a cop called Berserk Bars. We called him Ballsack, <laughs> but it was like Bar- Barzak. Was I can't name? remember. I know they called him Berserk, and that's. And I'm like, we just saw him come off Revenge of the Nerds. He's supposed to be like this badass nut, like loose cannon. Yeah, and it's just uh, I'm and he's in it. And he's a hardcore stalker in that too. Yeah, he won't leave his. He he breaks up with his wife. They've been Valerie Bertinelli plays his wife. Two years they've been they've separated. Separated for two years, and he still is like, you're not dating anybody. Yeah, and. It, I, 
it and kind he of threatens people us, that come to pick her it up. It reminds me of a cop in the movie Recovering Today. We're bringing it back to this movie because at yeah. some point we do need to end this. Yeah. We do need to get to a trailer. <laughs> we do. And we do need to spend nine more hours. Because I'm going to talk about Shokazugi for like two hours. Yeah, we, had, we had a Kazuki episode and we don't have many of these left. I know. This is a bittersweet episode, Griff, because as much as I love talking about our two favorites, Shokazugi and Steve James, they did so few movies yes. that every time we do one, we're one closer to the end so you got to save it for big moments like the big 200 right yeah. because we only as far as i know we only have one other show kazugi movie nine deaths of a ninja is the only one we haven't done. it's depressing yeah i don't really care well, let's cut one. to it let's cut to it man i don't want to i don't want to keep you from kazugi okay <laughs> he's, he's the fucking man all right well let's do it because remember the only thing that can kill a ninja is a ninja here's a trailer for ninja 3 the domination He is the most feared and powerful warrior. A ninja who breaks from ancient tradition and explodes onto America. His soul possesses the body of an innocent woman and transforms her into a lethal assassin. The Master Ninja, who has been sent to destroy him. Where Revenge of the Ninja left off, Ninja 3 begins. An epic struggle of superhuman strength and supernatural forces. Ninja 3, The Domination. Welcome back, great trailer. Always a great trailer. It's funny how we find all these great trailers. Cannon knows how to do a trailer. I hope it's under two minutes. I hate I, it when I they have a long trailer. It's very economical. There's going to be good music in that trailer. I know that for sure. Because the music in this was good. So good. Yeah. So lots of lots of synths. Synths oh, are always a winner. It's uh, It's got the John Carpenter rule of synth- synthesizers where it's just like, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. 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 And it's wonderful. But hey, we got to open up with something that probably confused all of us. We're we're getting some like fucking Mark, Martin Cove pink sweater wearing nerd going to the gar- golf course. Well, we got to point out before we even get into the movie. Oh, okay. That after the huge success of Revenge of the Ninja, my favorite canon movie, by the way, they, you know, Menachem Golan, he's like, we got to change it up. No, you just stick to show Kazugi. But no, he's just like, I found this girl. She's going to be the next big canon star, Lucinda Dickey. Yeah. Well, that's she's a canon girl, though. Yeah, queen of canon. She did Breaking and Breaking 2. Yep. Electric Boogaloo. Yep. And uh, so he was, like, all high on her. And so they're like, we're going to make a female ninja. Yeah. What a slap in the face to show Kazugi. He proved. First of all, they didn't even trust him enough for Enter the Dragon. He had to be just the villain. That sucked. And then in Revenge, he's like, I'm the star, and he made an amazing fucking movie. 
And now it's like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna be the co-star of this movie, and you, and you're not even allowed. He's not even allowed his kids to be on the movie. Shane and Kane. Uh, oh, you all want to see Shane and Kane, right? But, well, you're a fan. You're a fan of Shane and Kane. Well, you're a fan of Kane, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he was in. Uh, <laughs> I believe he's in the Ninja series with Scott Atkins. Yes, he was. Yeah, one at least I watched that one recently. Right, right, right. Stuff. Yeah, this is a, this okay. is adult Kane. We're talking about little kids. Kane, See, right? I think Menachem was like a visionary, you know, he and a pervert, but I think he was a visionary, and <laughs> that he thought, you know, we need female empowerment movie, like female ninja, female lead. Yeah, oh, I mean, man. we're willing to accept that with uh, Quentin Tarantino with his foot obsession and Uma Thurman obsession and like Kill Bill. Right awesome ass movie so clearly this is what paved the way for uma thurman and uh kill bill well show he was like how the fuck is a female gonna kick my ass and like don't worry we got it covered supernatural demonic possession yeah yeah we had yeah. To work, we had to work that in there we had to work like the 13th power of the ninja and shit in there because it's like come on we know about Shokazu. We've gone over his stats all the time. We know his turn ons, hot tubs, turn offs, <laughs> um, non guy liner, yeah. uh, I guess. But we also know that Shokazu, he's six foot four. He's got eight testicles. Jesus. He's the only Asian man who's over six feet tall in the world. <laughs> he is enormous. <laughs> Yao Ming is wearing stilts. That's not. That's not, that's not <laughs> Yeah, that's the hard part. When you watch Yao Ming play basketball, you got to look close because he's wearing that's why stilts. he had to retire. Because like, you can't wear the stilts. You can play with the Harlem Globetrotters, but you can't play in the NBA. <laughs> Yao Ming rolled. I, I thought he had the testicles in his knees like Kyle in the South Park episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what Yao's deal was, yeah. Basketball. And that was beautiful how you did that. It's like you hey, 200th episode. If you learn, you pick up something over there. you got to pick up there. something. But the show begrudgingly was like, all right, we can have a female ninja. And, of course, Murray sat down with Mattingly, and he clockwork orange his eyes open, and he watched. You didn't just IMDB our facts today. These are all Murray facts. Yeah, I was I was so excited to do this movie. I've been hold, we've been we've been holding on to this movie for a while. Right, it's your it's your boy's show, so you got right. your notepad so I, out. I made sure to listen to the director's commentary with Sam Furstenberg and stunt coordinator Steve Lambert. I'll have some little tidbits I'll throw in as we go through it. Yeah, you've got an ass load of facts. You see, I worked an ass there because we're gonna get that's there. it. Yeah. Um, are we ready? Yeah, we're ready to go. Okay, now. so now we're opening up to our Martin Cove highfalutin limo driving sweater across the chest wearing <laughs> nobody character. Right. We still I still don't know what, what his purpose was, why he was killed. I don't know. Yeah, Paul, did you catch my no idea? Okay. I was trying to I was looking for that. No, because they cut to the it starts with the car driving through the desert, filmed in Phoenix and Greater Phoenix, uh Tucson. Glendale, Arizona. I think the original Enter the Ninja was Philippines. Then you go to Salt Lake City for part two, uh, Return of the Ninja. And then why not just keep heading west and get to uh, Phoenix for this film? 
And so we see him driving through the desert. We see the ninja before the golf. Actually, we see the dark ninja or the black ninja. Is he? He's referred to as the black ninja, isn't he? In the credits, I think. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he he's black ninja. Goes into his cave and fortunately, his- yeah, his cave, his ninja cave, is right next to where he's got the golf course where he has to do his assassination. Yeah, right. yeah, really- and he he's got the like. It's almost like the Fortress of Solitude for ninjas because he's got his <laughs> weapons and stuff under this like glowing well, rock right that's yeah he gets his weapons he gears up and he's like you know who are the first people i see i'm gonna kill them and why not kill golfers because they're not athletes they're just a bunch of rich oh, fuckwads oh Phil you Benson, know you're on fucking point dog that's right that's he's, right so. he's already in trouble he's he stepped out of the recent golf tournament yeah, i know, I know about these golfers because my brother <laughs> <does> <laughs> golf. his whole family's into golf yeah well, show him this film. Show him this yeah. film. Yeah. So I love this because he's got an entourage to play golf. This he's, he's a very character. important person because he has bodyguards. Yeah. Let's yeah. Just a limousine. I yeah. didn't get it. I don't know what the target was other than just like you said, it's an assassin. But see, you would think an assassin would need to have like a motive behind who they're assassinating. So that yeah, that completely slipped by me as well. I'm I'm glad I. I'm not the only one. <laughs> I, will, I don't think the writer of the movie no, no, even no, knows no, what no. this guy there, was he, I will point out, okay. there is a line in this movie, I forget, it's a total throwaway line that plays into the plot, so it's somehow a throwaway that plays into the plot, but he does say, yeah, he went after this guy who's of this importance. I don't remember what that important. I think he was the president or vice president of some company, Okay, but that doesn't play a huge role obviously in this movie because he's not going up against silver shamrock or some shit like that and it wasn't yeah. like a senator's son but you obviously know this guy's high fluent he's got the girlfriend in the fucking purple with no bra on so you know he's important right and he's got a sweater well, gets, dust. yeah yeah they, but i mean she gets killed before he does you know and i like the i do like the crushing of the golf ball being just kind of like a cheap little bird egg or something but oh yeah um this, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're going to golf, you have to golf with people that are willing to go get your ball for you. You know, like just not just some normal uh, lackey. What do they call the golf seconds? Uh, what are those guys? Caddies. Thank you. You can tell. <laughs> I, you can tell. I pay attention to golf. Oh, oh yeah, they but, got yeah, very powerful hand wedges. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm more of a mini golfer. That's as far as I go, man. That's. You know, if they had a redone this scene like mini golf style, that would have been pretty pretty badass. You could have had a pop out of the windmill. That just shows you how innovative Sam Furstenberg is. Have you ever seen a ninja attack on a golf course? I this no. looks like a fucking jackass jackass setup, you know? He's <laughs> air horn and blown it. But instead what we're getting is the guy fucking drives like a wuss. He can't hit the ball very well, so it shanks it into the woods. And there we have our ninja. We just saw him fresh out of the cave that is somehow there. Very uh, Maybe it's so mystical the cave travels wherever he goes. I mean, we are bringing a lot of mysticism into this movie. Yeah, because sure. We're going deep into the powers of the ninja. Exactly. That's why I said the 13th power of the ninja, because we know of the nine. And right. we've taught our audience all about the nine. But now we're like into some weird cave, yeah. cave territory. Yeah, there's at least 47 <laughs> powers of the ninja. There's got to be. Yeah. Like, this isn't gore. It's like, it's like Scientology. Ninjas. You have to, like, go to each new level. Oh, so get. this the black yeah. ninja paid a lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why he's assassinating people. you got to make money. 
Ah, right, of course. So as he shanks his ball into the woods, of course he's not going to go get it. He's got to impress his lady with him. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to call him. That's kind of a highfalutin name, right, Tyler? Absolutely, yeah. I thought it was Tyler. He looked like that's a very, yeah, golf douche name. Yeah, it's, it's, it just reminds me of like that Wonder Show is an episode where the perfect kid, Tyler. I'm yeah. Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. Of course Paul knows about Wonder Shows too. Of course. Love Wonder Shows, man. <laughs> so Paul's, of course, or Paul, <laughs> Tyler, of course, is just looking at his, his number one hand shanker. He's like, right. yeah, go get that ball for me. And so he goes out to get the ball, and there we see our ninja. Perfect eyeliner Perfect. on this ninja. No smudges. What is it about ninjas in the eyeliner? I don't know. It makes the eyes pop. How many days into your ninja classes did you have to learn how to apply your uh, eyeliner, Paul? It was part of the online orientation. But this is back in early. So this is before online, but it was like a pamphlet that they sent us. You had to send ASCII art of yourself (laughs) with eyeliner. Remember the thing where you had to uh, draw the turtle or whatever? It was like an art school thing where it was like, (laughs) (laughs) this was like, can you do the eyeliner properly? You're expected to show up with it around the eye. A little smudging is okay because they try and help you perfect that in the mirror. But, you know, and then you start working on your wings that go out kind of the side of the eye there. So it's all, it's all, it's got several meanings behind it, you know, intimidation being one of them. But it's similar to football players as well with the black under their eye. Um, That makes sense. Yeah. 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 It's actually a light reflector at the same time, too. A lot of people don't know that. I would recommend you guys try it. Putting yeah. the eyeliner on and then going I, out into the sun and seeing what seeing the way people look at you, you know, it's definitely intimidating <laughs> and will definitely keep the sun out of your eyes. That's how I go on dates, you know. I put on the eyeliner just to intimidate. Is that it? Yeah, that, it was working me. It's straight alpha male move. It's bro. a straight alpha male move. Yeah. It worked clearly. No, it's 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 a good one. It's a good one. It's very underrated. I think it is coming back. You know, I've, I've definitely. I think the golf clubs are trying to claim it, but no, it's straight ninja, straight ninja stuff there. So styles are uh, what are, what are they say cyclical or whatever. Yeah. Time is a flat circle. Mullets are back. Guy liners coming back. It's all coming back. So absolutely. I went, I, I went to a show last week. Everyone had a guy liner on. It was the only one without. <laughs> Well, you didn't hurt. How did you? I didn't. How did you feel? How did you feel when you? I mean, you must have felt kind of naked, right? Uh, I'm used to feeling like an outsider, so it it just felt comforting to me. I was a I was a stranger in the crowd, and that's a feeling I've been missing during this whole COVID time. So it was okay. Anyway, you you actually were a ninja then in that crowd because you were you were the one truly in disguise, and you stood out. That's what I think. Everyone's trying so hard. Griff's just being Griff. I That's like it. That. Um, so anyways, we got the hand shanker coming out to get the ball, throw it back on the fairway, and there in the brush, she's like, is that a fucking ninja? But of course, this is like the eighth movie in the ninja series, but still no one knows what a ninja is. No. I love that. It's so secretive. And Andy's not wearing the basic black ninja outfit. That's one thing I did like uh, a lot. Well, just, it, you know, it blended in with the, the earthy surroundings. It's a very That's earth right. tone ninja, you know, so He's I thought Phoenix that was, ninja. yeah, very smart, very smart ninja. So he's going to jump out and he's like, I see my opportunity. I'm going to intimidate this. I mean, this was a big guy. 
Yeah. And he is a smaller ninja. So he's got to do a little intimidation factor. So he grabs that golf ball and he fucking crushes it with just his fingertips. There's a lot of ball crushing going on in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Furstenberg <laughs> was like, the only way to demonstrate strength is to crush some kind of hard object. Right. That's it. So he crushes the fuck out of that golf ball. And, you know, our giant hand wedger, he's just like, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm going to punch you in the face. That's the guy you want protecting you. Whenever they see something that mystifies them, they just go, I'm going to punch it. <laughs> so he tries to punch the ninja, but the ninja's got fucking agility for days. We start throwing yeah. the shurikens everywhere, right? He hits a guy in the he, face. He takes out the first guy, but, you know, he doesn't stab him, so he, he makes a noise. And that's what alerts everybody else. So then he has to go into throwing shurikens, and then one guy pulls out a gun and holds it there for a second and just that was looks, great. In, looks in awe as our fucking black ninja pulls out a little blow dart. and A uh, giant dart, though. It was, it was a giant dart. It was a metal, straight-up metal he rod. He shot a lawn dart at that guy. I don't know how it fit in the <laughs> but And it went right down the barrel of that gun. Gun blew up in his face. Hole in one. Mm. Golf. I like that. Yeah. The metaphor. That's beautiful. And so he's just laying waste to everybody. Tyler. Tyler. He's like, right. He just bolts. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm out of here. Excuse me. Bolts. What is he trying no, to he, say? He gasses the, he gasses the golf cart at a maximum. What? Eight miles per hour. Right. Like, he's got golf clubs in there. He's got dead weight. And that woman who's, just eyes are glazed over and everything. He's got all kinds of dead weight. If he was trying to make an escape, he should have at least pushed her out. He yells at her to run. He tells her to run, and he's going to take the golf cart. I think he <laughs> I, he does push her. I mean, how does she end up out of the golf cart? He pushes well, her. She jumps. What happens is the takeoff, like you said, it's going eight miles an hour. So, so the ninja just lightly jogs up to it, grabs the <laughs> rear of it, and then picks it up. He hooks yeah, it. That's right. Just, that's right. She falls out. Right, she goes to run. This is how powerful this ninja is. He just slashes her across the back, and it kills her. Here's yeah. the weird thing about women's anatomy: all their main arteries are between their shoulder blades. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I learned this recently. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's why. Deadly. That's why you gotta be careful when you massage a woman's back because you could end up collapse along or something. Yeah, exactly. It's very dangerous. So be very careful. <laughs> so she's dead. Tyler grabs a, uh, a a club, throws it at. No, he, he tries to hit the ninja. The ninja just blocks it with his forearm. It bends around his forearm. Well, of course, yeah. It, that's how golf clubs is, though. You know, the weight's all at the end of it. So that's it's like true. you gotta hit him with the head, and if you don't, you're fucked. He also went for a driver. He should have went for an iron. You're right. For more <laughs> all right. So clearly, without his caddies if he, around, yeah, if he has caddy clueless and right. we expect this out of some kind of senator's son or wherever the fuck he is he's right. an airhead well he gets the air deflated out of him because the ninja just slashes him across the face kills him this is all so i don't actually think i should know this because i'm a man but all our organs on the front of our body <laughs> so because he's just that's the big the difference kills him. Yeah, yeah yeah that's the big Here, difference between guys the, and girls yeah, here's the mystery of men is our organs actually just float around in our body. <laughs> They're always moving. And so that's why some days you have like a belly. It's because it's like oh, a cycle. It's like full moon. You know, your belly is lining up in the wrong way with your liver. And it's just, oh, everything's going the wrong the way. The body is amazing, guys. <laughs> 
So, so, so job done. He killed his target, ready to have a beer at the at the 19th hole and I call guess it a day. What, I like that you use golf terminology, right. the 19th hole. Right. So um, he's getting ready to just party it up. For the first time, we talk shit about cops all the time and how their just hands are tied. Right. These are the <laughs> fastest responding cops yes. ever. Well, when you're rich, you get served. Yeah. Yeah. It's a private course. You could tell it's a private course. They have their own police force. It's also the police force in Phoenix or whatever. And you see the two cops on the bike drive, I want to say, right past the ninja, right past the black ninja without kind of doing like a flanking thing. They just figure they just kind of observe them. So the, then there's the one on the car, I think, coming up behind them. So, yeah, the techniques are definitely questionable but you know well no this is very much what cops house cops react one guy they're looking for <laughs> one perp the swat team is just called out like there are a million cops the entire phoenix police force is called out to get one guy yeah yeah with with the jailbird you know which comes along a little bit later but that leads them he i mean he he lures them towards the lake doesn't he, he lures them towards the lake and then right, he's yeah. Yeah, we get we got a lot of fun scenes here because, and by the way, Sam, uh, not Sam, uh, Steve Lambert, the stunt coordinator, he plays practically every character in this stunt sequence. <laughs> he, he was literally pointing it out. He's like, "I'm driving there. I'm the guy in the helicopter. I'm the ninja there. I'm and literally, he's playing every character." Yeah, that's like that's like Kung Fury, if you think about it, right? Like where they have the the police department, which is the same. I think it's the same actor. If you see, have you all seen Kung Fury before? No, I haven't seen. It. I feel like oh, you gotta gotta check out Kung Fury, especially if you're Hasselhoff fans. Um, but yeah, they they do a little camera trick in there where it's like basically one cop in this entire station, but the station looks like it has like twenty cops in it, and they just change the camera angle on it. So, but yeah, Steve Lambert busting it up. What thirty two different characters? That might be a record. Probably. Um, yeah. Right? I mean, he even played the black guys. He even played the old guys. <laughs> whoa, 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 this was, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was 83. Was, we could do that. Yeah, you know? it was still yeah. acceptable. Yeah, okay. He's, he plays He plays one of the motorcycles, I think. He's also doing like some parents' <laughs> motor- shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Back later. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because not we're talking about motorcycles. Robbie Knievel, the son of Evil yeah. Knievel. Is in these scenes on the motorcycles. Hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely a lot. What would you, if you're a risky stunt man? I mean, would you rather jump across a, a death-defying gorge or, or go after a ninja? I mean, there. That's either one's pretty, pretty death-defying if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, depends yeah. on the ninja. That's true. Well, no, I would I would take the gorge. You know why? Because only a ninja can destroy a ninja. So I'd have no shot. Am I trying to kill the ninja, though? Gorge, I might live. I can't <laughs> stop a ninja. I, I'm just trying to observe and report. So. You see any eyeliner on me? No, I'm dead duck if the, yeah, I'm fighting no, a ninja. But again, observe and report. So <laughs> that's we get a nice moment here, and I know all about golf courses and the back roads because I used to work on a private golf course. Wow. This is very true. From age uh-huh. 17 to 19, I worked as a private okay. uh, groundskeeper. And uh, so he's on the back roads here, and there's always back roads in a golf course. 
And he's just on a straight old runway. So the ninja, the black ninjas, he's in trouble here because cops bearing down on him. And I don't know if you know this about cars. They're faster than ninjas. So the car catches up to him. But the ninja, of course, has ninja agility. So he jumps, does a couple flips. By the way, no cables at all on the stunt work. This was straight old school stunt work. Beautiful. Steve Lambert's like, that's me on top of that car. Beautiful. Nothing's holding me down. So, Murray, you bring it, bring us right there to it. He lands on the top of the car. And what does a ninja have to him? About a million and a half devices. This is James Bond level devices. And what we're talking about is a sword. So the first thing he's going to do is he's got a passenger in the cop car trying to shoot up at him. So right. he's going to put his sword right through the guy's head. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, well, I think the cop shoots up, doesn't it? Because that's what you would do as a cop. You would shoot yeah. through the roof of your own car. Right. Right. To get the guy above you. Yeah, then no, give him a perfect uh, hole for his sword, for his katana blade to fit right through, go right into the back of your head. You're right. done. I mean, day one of cop training is your gun is a microphone, and you can't hear them unless you open your microphone by shooting it. So <laughs> that's why everybody shoots first is because I need to hear you. Let me just shoot you real quick. <laughs> Okay. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> and then remember, Black Ninja Supernatural. So he, for the driver, he just punches through the roof he of the car. He put on like a, a, a spiked knuckle okay. thing. Okay. Uh, so that, bear claws. Yeah, bear claws, yeah. And takes out to the drivers. The usual cop bear claws that they eat. Right. So this one, yeah, definitely. Very ironic death. Stuff. Very ironic death. You'll it is. Yeah, I'm telling you, these guys were visionaries, man. Furstenberg, right. Galan, Globe. Yeah. I mean, they're, these guys are amazing. They why knew what was going to come. That's why we do this show. Just, it's That's, it. That's right. So, yeah, then he does. Then they go, bring it, get to the chopper. They call it the chopper. So, like, this is serious business. We need a chopper. Right. We've got. So he's in, like, the middle of this pond at this point, climbing a tree. Yes. He's got, like, a fighter hose to help him climb up it. Right. Because it's too wide around for him to do alone. And he apparently disposed of his bear claws that he could have used to climb into it. So he's using, like, a fire hose type apparatus. We've got motorcycles flying into this pond and shit. Robbie Knievel, apparently. But we see... Great car shot. The trunk flies open as it flies up. It was very good. Practical (laughs) effects, everybody. In one cut. Like, one right. shot of it. We didn't have 4,000 shots of it. Guess like, who was driving that car? Steve Lambert. Steve Lambert. Yeah, he, <laughs> he made sure to point that out. We're going to have to use that <laughs> for everything now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, our black ninja gets to the top of, uh, you know what? I'm not so good on my trees. I'm not an arborist. I'm more, I dabble more in the botanist world. I don't know what tree this is, but he's it's got like a palm tree or something like that. It was kind of like a palm tree or something, but he's got you enough. You know who the palm tree, don't you? Steve Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the role of palm tree, Steve Lambert. That's right. <laughs> if you, if you, and it's amazing because he's also playing the helicopter. It's like, how did he do yeah. that? <laughs> if you pause the laser disc version, you will see his face. <laughs> the tree and the helicopter. <laughs> All right. So the helicopter, yeah. for some reason, decides, oh, man, you know what would be really cool is if we get real low to this tree that's here. Just happens. Falls right into the Black Ninja's trap. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. I, uh, did you get through this in your double master at level of ninjutsu where you learned uh, demonic ninja, like, mind control? 
It was part of the patience lesson. They said, you know, if you find yourself inside of a Steve Lambert-esque palm tree, just wait for the chopper to arrive closer to you because they will be curious. It's almost like when somebody gets killed in a movie and they have to walk up to them to make sure that they're dead. Yeah, this yeah, is similar. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 part of that evasive, you know, po- it's like it's called playing possum. That's what the Americans call it. You know, so in in ninjutsu, it's just called patience. Um, <laughs> and so here came the helicopter. Yeah, they taught us all sorts of stuff like that. You know, especially when we're out in the paintball parks. Uh, you know, if you get hit with paintball, just lay there, pretend to be dead. Here he comes, then kill them with the bear claw, katana blade, shuriken, whatever you want to do, and then hide in a cactus. Um, and so, Wait. you know. It's yeah, that was like second week education. Second week, Jesus yeah. Christ! This is like uh, Force Awakens Jedi level of just like, <laughs> eh, it's actually really easy to be a Jedi to be a ninja. <laughs> oh, it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice, especially you know, especially if you still live at home or something, and your parents come up to, to wake you up for bed. You you play dead in your bed when they're yelling for you to wake up, and then once your parents gets close enough, you kill them. <laughs> so your parents are dead is what you're telling us many times all my yeah they're oh, all many dead. times okay you yeah, brought them back with your ninja powers of course well yeah you had to keep training it's repetition you gotta practice oh wait we learned from this movie that you can come back from the dead if you're a ninja this is right so that's I right mean, i'm what i'm hearing is it takes ron garvin level dedication maybe Don't two three hours name. a week that's it so the chopper comes near the real ninja. low Ninja jumps, <laughs> grabs the bottom of it. Steve Lambert hanging from this thing. No cables, no wires. It's a Steve Lambert hanging from a fucking Perfection. chopper 40 feet in the air. I can't imagine the kind of wind viscosity that's happening here. He's just, like, cool with it. Well, his whole attitude is like, that, there's eight feet of water there. That's all I need. That's all he needs. Yeah. We've seen Robbie Evil jump into it. Right. It's no big deal. So what are you going to do when your hands are full and you're hanging from a chopper? Well, you just put the shuriken in your toe boots. This is good. That's what they're there for. Tapping right. boots. That's what they're designed for. I, I mean, like if two separate hands. Yeah, if demonic mind control was second week, I imagine this was first week. Yeah, no, they expect you to come in with that majority. If you're going to wear the tabbies, then because once you have tabby boots on, you basically have four hands. Right, you know? of course. Yeah, you're like a like a chimpanzee. As long something. as you have the right socks on, too. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's all about the tabby socks. Um, yeah, so. Keep the shuriken in between your toes, and you could throw them. I mean, I could throw a tabby with the shuriken, and I could throw the shuriken well over those mountains over there easily. Oh God. So, oh, so this was this was a real basic maneuver they uses to shuriken the, the. I think there's one. Is there two gunmen, or he gets the helicopter pilot first? Inside yeah, the inside the chopper, and there is one gun played by Steve Lambert. Yes, and right. he gets thrown out, I think. And then he does he the guy driving the chopper gets the shuriken into the face, right? Also, Steve Lambert. Yes. Also, yeah. Uh, you know, I thought what happened was the guy who the gunman who was just there and roaming around. I thought he got the shuriken, the tabby shuriken, and I thought the driver got like a screwdriver through his skull. I don't. Yeah, like a little Tomcat knife or something, I think, in the side of his head. 
And then there's, I mean, realistically, any any of the guys who just got thrown into the water but were dead somehow, they got it off pretty easily, right? Because they didn't get stuck with anything. I was trying to think. There was a, a couple guys who just got the water treatment. And I thought, well, they got spared because that's, you know, you want to fucking just kill them all, man. But throwing them into the water is something else there. I didn't understand that. There was one guy who didn't get anything. He just got thrown into the water, but he's dead. I guess he knew that he couldn't swim, so fuck him. Well, he exactly. isn't trained. The impact well, that's of... why he's, he, he's a helicopter cop. He's like, I can't swim. Helicopter that's cop. right. That's it kind of reminded me of that scene in like Jaws 2. Where the helicopter <laughs> comes down right. close enough to the water for the shark to like come up. and I mean, It was might have inspired this scene, but it was, I don't know why, I kept, it was very reminiscent of that, so... Right. You know. you know how awesome this would be if a shark was in this pond. I I, I just I'd caught be okay one with of that. the cops. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> a shark with a tabby tail. <laughs> <laughs> shark with eyeliner on. Yeah, oh my god, yes. shark liner. Waterproof <laughs> no. shark liner. No. So, like, when you've killed everybody in the chopper, it's time to get off the chopper because nobody's flying it anymore. Right. So and you just, got a name. Well, yeah, the but. dead man. The dead man's flying it, and it. You know, you have to get the wobbly flying. You have to get near the cliffs, and then you have to have like the real the the nice chopper over just over the mountaintop, but like the explosion happens clearly well in front of the where it landed. You know, like that's yeah. that was a nice explosion there. Nice it, it cannon was way of doing that. So you don't yeah, I thought really blow up a helicopter because right. they had a budget. Shoestring, right. I'm sure. You're right, yeah. Steve <laughs> yeah. Lambert playing 94 different roles, of course. It's right. also setting off the explosion in the mountain. So, yeah, he was in charge of everything. Did you yeah, guys, that was a good explosion. Did you guys know Steve Lambert in Chris's apartment? No. He was As, the, pain. the pain. Yeah, he, he was also a bouncer, the arcade machine. Yeah. <laughs> we can't. Why wasn't this guy a bigger star? I don't he's know. just humble. He's just humble. There's so he's many questions I have about Chris's apartment. Where we <laughs> yeah, eventually it, get it, there. It's, it's, it's a Spencer's gift she lives in. But it's, <laughs> it's a Spencer's gift. Right. <laughs> oh my like god! fucking apartment ever. Even by eighty standards. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But we'll get to that. We're okay. still. We're still. Ninja's still is fighting. This is an amazing opening scene. Okay, so the ninja has fallen into the water, right? And he can land in eight feet of water because he knows. How to ninja land. Right. He does the Bugs Bunny move where he's got the bamboo shoe that he's like breathing of through. Of course. And the cops are firing down at the water, but Mythbusters has proven that bullets after they hit the water, right? you know, they just can't do any more damage anymore. Right. So he wades through the water. He gets to another like back area. And again, I've worked on private courses. There's all kinds of bad. No, he, he actually, not only was he breathing through that bamboo shoot, he had a dart like set. So he comes out and shoots a cop with a dart with that bamboo shoe. Okay. And then he starts taking off. He gets into the back area where you test out the green mowers because you have to have a very specific lawnmower for the greens. Oh, That's I bet, what yeah. I used to cut. Oh, wow. Very heavy. <laughs> I was not very good at it. Okay. And I'm surprised that I didn't get fired because I'm waking up at 18-year-olds Eight, Didn't they have like a thing that like a. like a like a hand steamroller that yeah okay yeah it is like a four hundred pound lawnmower because there's two steel drums that roll behind it and then of course blades that get down at a very low level because you need it to be very compact can't be soft at all. What other podcasts are you going to learn about greens maintenance? Nowhere exactly, absolutely nowhere. What we did to geese, I will not talk about. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> yeah. If you ever wind up and you find like a 
goose that looks like it's being sacrificed to Satan, you're probably on an old golf course. Okay. Because <laughs> geese are a terror. They shit everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, anyways, okay. we're getting way <laughs> into the uh, the rough, if you rough. will, and I will because <laughs> golf course. So nice. now we're in the backwoods of this golf course, right. and our ninja, he's getting cornered now. He's surrounded. At, he, yeah, he's surrounded. Every single local Phoenix cop has been called. They've even called in the guys from Reno. We have the Reno 911 guys here. Officer yeah. Gang here, even. Wow. Fucking- shirts, they're yeah. already. Yeah, he's their new boot goof, goofing. And so <laughs> the ninja, of course, he's just like, well, I'm going to fight my way out of this one because he's used to this kind of shit i got he thinks he's a video game character if right you will. <laughs> and then all the cops at once shout i'm standing my ground which well, yeah. means you can unload on anybody that's right except think... the ones who are saying my hands are tied right. and they drop their guns i do i guess these guys are perfect shots because it doesn't make sense to me to shoot in a circle like they're like they're confident they're gonna hit that ninja <laughs> They are. And they do. Yeah. And there's no there's no surrounding shots. There's no missed shots that hit your no. you know, there's no friendly fire, I guess, right? On right this thing. Right. So it's he's full of shurikens, he's full of uh does he do a, I think he does a smoke bomb somewhere in here. He does. Yes, he does. Because well first he plays he plays dead. Yes. He pulls right. the ball ball London going to bed. That's it. <laughs> he pulls plays dead. And then they go to check on him. And like and Paul just said, you don't check on a dead body, hey, man. You just Paul let had, it lie. Paul had to stay up no. somehow to watch Baywatch nights. Right. <laughs> yes. That's right. My Aaron favorite. All tucked in. Smoke bomb. <laughs> I would think after killing room. your parents, you would not be allowed to watch Baywatch. Well, nights. He, that would he be resurrect them a million times. Yeah. Who's gonna tell me no? <laughs> <laughs> so he 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 gets up, kills a couple more cops. That's their that's their thing to start shooting again. He starts firing at him again, and then he throws the smoke bomb. Mm-hmm. And then it's like he's gone. Only thing that's left is his mask. Is right. There. This is very interesting because we learn about another power of the ninja. Uh, to spin like a top and burrow yourself underground. Right. Yes. Yeah, this that is- was third third week training. Wow, third week. I thought that would be at least fourth or fifth. After mind control, <laughs> you learn how to screw yourself into the ground. That's right. They just recommend that you don't do it in cement, but other than that, any other surface will work. They start you with um, sand and they work your way up. Yeah. Now, is right, it peanuts? I imagine, like riding a bike, it's difficult to learn how to stop. So maybe you end up going too far, and the uh, the pressure gets to you, and you don't know how to get out, and then you panic, and then you suffocate and die. That's or why something? you learn patience. That's right, patience. You wait. Until, until a phone employee or somebody nearby <laughs> might hear your calls and cries for despair, or might 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 see your mask that came off. Uh, I, right. I the cops are immediately just like, up, oh, close, cases closed, cases closed. So they just leave. You do hear them yeah. all mutter, cases closed, cases closed, cases closed. Right. This is good. This Glad is- I don't do the paperwork. I'm worried for all of our beginning ninjas because we don't really use telephone lines anymore we use satellites and cell phones so what's gonna happen if they burrow too far underground there's no fucking telecommunications pole experts to be there i don't know i don't don't live in that world i don't want to live in that world but we're in this world right so once they leave this world he's just literally like an inch underneath the ground yeah he knows how to drill (laughs) right so he gets up and like like paul said 
You see this? Look, look. So far, I'm totally in. I'm, I believe everything in this movie could happen. We, and then they show me a woman working on a telephone pole, and I'm totally <laughs> taken out of the situation. I'm like, that's not possible. Completely well, threw me off as well. How's it been weird? That's a man's job, okay? So I'm like, what's going on? So you know, I'm just taken out of it. But I, I agree to suspend my disbelief and I go, a woman can work on it. Can this, well, a woman can work on a pole. We all know that. This is all but. I want to do. I want to suspend my disbelief. I want to get in the movie logic. I want to get in the movie world, even though third ninja logic is perfect. Was that you? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I thought something <laughs> terrifying happened. No. We are on eight mile, so it could have been shots firing overhead. <laughs> we literally are. We're literally hundred yards away from the the, the most Infamous. famous street in Detroit, yeah. Eight Mile. Eight Mile. This is very nice. Cool. So. Yeah, she she spot we spots she spots him. She's on the the telephone pole. She sees yeah. a man. Can I, can I point out a piece of great filmmaking though, right here? Because this is like oh. not to interrupt you, but the foreshadowing of her with the spikes uh, that the telephone pole people climb with around her boots. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? When she's yeah, oh, we call that foreshadowing, back. right? Yeah, there's a lot of what are they called? Back to for shadow. Yeah. It's necessary on this show. Yeah, because she's she's you know she's already got that experience climbing up these poles, you know. So right. I thought very sneaky, Mister Furstenberg, master of ninja films. Right. <laughs> so this is where we see our star, Lucinda Dickey, queen of canon. I want to point out this movie came out after Breaking. But it was actually filmed before, which is why she has long hair in this movie, and she yeah. has short hair in Breaking. Uh, she we has... must beat Beat Street! <laughs> Excuse me? Well, yeah, because you're the story. Breaking was, from conception to in the theaters, it was like six weeks for Breaking. Yeah. Literally. Breaking one. Yeah, Because I heard one. they, I heard Golden Globe was heard of another dancing movie. This was in one of those canon uh, documentaries or whatever. Yeah. Ryan, they... oh, Ryan was making Beat Street. The, okay, because I knew there was another movie that was coming out, and they were like, "Nope, we got to beat him to it." Well, yeah, you had to because I remember I, I'm old enough to remember when Breakdance it was like really huge, and they, right, it was like by '86 it was over, it was done, nobody cared. Flash in the pan, get that shit out. Yeah, just like again, no retreat, no surrender. Have its little breakdancing nod to it. Um, but you guys have been mispronouncing it. It's break in. Okay, there's no G on the end, so. Let's, cool. let's clean let's clean that up right um it's the midwest sorry that's our midwest accent yeah. we, we add letters to everything like uh if you ever hear us pronounce like our local grocery store meyer we always say meyers kroger's <laughs> fresh times trader joe's not bad i'm learning yeah. i'm learning that's okay. I mean, I, w- I mean, if you, were... I've never said K Marts though. I've heard people say it, but I've never said that one. I say K Marts. Yeah, that's what my grandma used to say. That's how I learned how to say it. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> Got to go there and put some shit on layaway. It's not so... layaways. Layaways. <laughs> You're right. right. So Pick she's a, a good person. She's like, I have to help this man. There's a ninja in need. So she climbs down. And then she, then he starts attacking her. Right. Well, he looks in her eyes. He starts trying to do the mesmerizing ninja shit on her, right? Well, he's got the guy yeah. on, of course. Yeah, ninja okay. seduction. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, of course. Which week of training was that? That's day one. Day one. Ninja okay, seduction. Yeah. yeah. Right. Does it that's only how work? You, that's how they get you in the class. How how exactly <laughs> does that work? Is it 
uh, just someone you're attracted to, or is it anybody you need to seduce? It's eye contact. And you look through the pupils, and you can see deep into their soul whether they're worth being seduced or whether you need to kill them right away. Oh, okay. So it's just anybody then. Yeah, so he saw something within her. It was probably the way she was climbing the pole, hence the foreshadowing. He said, oh, she's already got some experience. Let me transform my soul into hers. I'll start off a little eye action. Obviously, I've got the eyeshadow, the eyeliner. I wish he had eyeshadow, actually. That would have been pretty good because ninja is the art of shadow. So brings her in, seduces her with the eyes, and then dies basically right in front of her, but not before transferring his breath and essence into Christy or Chris or however her name was. Was Christy or was it Chrissy? I just, Christy. You really hit on a line of poetry there. Seduce with the eyes and die. That's it. That's it. He, he, yeah. So, and then he, does he, does she, t- she, did he hand her the sword or she took it? I think it's just, it's right there, right? No, she, the katana. Hand, this is what the Black Ninja is all about. So at first she confronts him and he's all crazy and she jumps back and everything. And she's oh, running right. away. But then he uses the voice right out of the preacher. Seth Rogen. <laughs> That's my Seth Rogen. Um, <laughs> Seth Rogen is going apeshit for this scene because he uses the voice. Oh. And it turns Chrissy around. Chris. Chrissy. Chris Christie. Christie. Chris Christie. Chris, Chris well, it was confusing because her name takes says Chris, but they all call right. her Christie. Yes. I guess they couldn't afford the T and the Y. They wanted to make her more masculine because she's working a masculine job. Right, so right. they called her Chris. By the way, I'm not I'm not being sexist, so when I point out Steve Lambert was the guy was the guy climbing the pole. Yeah, it everybody when you're first watching this movie and you're hearing that eighties jam, and you're looking at that ass, that's a man's ass. Right. And that's fine. But just no, that's a man. That was Steve ass. Lambert. Was he Steve actually, Lambert. I don't know how he did. He played the pole and the pole climber. <laughs> I'm amazing. How did he do this shit? I don't know. I need to know more about this guy, Steve Lambert. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. He, his. Was, the, he was the Mike Stone of Part Three. <laughs> oh, so she turns around, and that's when he's using the commanding voice and everything. And then suddenly, it's like he's handing off the sword to her, and she just takes it because she's like, "Look." I work a fucking pretty shitty job. I need to make some extra cash. And when somebody hands you a, what looks to be to a novice, like an expert blade, you're like, I could probably go down to the fucking mall ninja store and sell this for, I don't know, $12 and 84 money. How much is that? That's that's uh, $1,300. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. For inflation. Easily. With yeah. inflation? Yeah. That's That's a year's worth of food. Right. So of course she's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna take this sword and sell the fuck out of it." So now we're at the police station. She's a good citizen. She's gonna report what she saw. All right. She watches cops. She still. They were actually. This was actually a Phoenix police station. I guess Phoenix was such a ghost town back then. Like they like they said, "Yeah, you can use our police station for a day." So they were just like, "Murray, we know that golf course wasn't in Phoenix. Phoenix didn't have golf courses then." You can't have real high fluent people until you have a golf course, right. which now we have too many golf courses in Phoenix. And the thing we know about Phoenix is they have no water. So they had to move the water. over. This, this gets into too much side story. Yeah. Enough golf talk. <laughs> we move on. Yeah. Okay. 
So she's given her her uh, details, and then we see the true creep of this movie, Billy. Billy Secord, I think, was his name. Yeah, Billy Secord. This is also where we fir- where we see our first product placement, short lived, but very clearly a can of Coca Cola. Is it product placement though? Because she distinctly says, and this is some foreshadowing for later on. I do not, and I quote, use soft drinks. She did not say I don't drink soft drinks. Yeah. She says I do not use soft drinks, which we will learn makes sense later on. Because she likes yeah, to use true. drinks. Yeah. Right, 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 right. No, she definitely makes it look like and sound like a drug. You know what I mean? Like, get off soft drinks. Right? Right. Oh, my God. Because then he offers her some candy. Like like another, like a true creep move. And if you, okay, I got to put it in here now. If you are an ear for a soft or a hard candy is dropping on the floor like I am, and I don't even really enjoy candy that much. Have you ever had candy in my house outside of like a seasonal, like outside of Halloween? No. Exactly. <laughs> you know what that hard candy is. And it's not a Skittle, which, no. by the way, out of 10, how excited are you that Skittles is bringing lime back? <laughs> I don't even fucking care. I didn't even know it was missing. Okay, so apparently okay. a zero. No. Paul, do you care that <laughs> Skittles is bringing lime back? Yeah, I'm probably like a 12 on that scale. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a 19 yeah. because lime. We'll make sure to have the lime skittles for next time you're on. <laughs> let's hope. Let's 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 hope so. Or I'm not saying shit about Abaddon. I'm not sharing any of my Abaddonism. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, I got it. Man, it's all about the lime. That's why, I like a Sprite, is a ninja's favorite soda. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's a very interesting yeah. fact. Right. The so duality. Like, so you must be a big fan of LeBron James because he's all about the Sprite. Not at all. Total fake ninja, fake Jason oh. Voorhees. Can't stand him. No ninjas like LeBron James. They hate him. <laughs> this is very interesting. We are learning a lot. Right, we are learning a lot. This is this is fascinating. We also learned that, like Griff pointed out earlier, that this guy was a, some of Tyler, who we, we saw die and five hours this ago when we this started this show. This is what I was all excited about a second ago until I got into my Skittles thing. <laughs> That he's apparently some important guy, but why? But we knew because he had the pink sweater tied around his neck, and that's they just throw that out, and it's like, okay, that's all I needed. I didn't need a big, you know, thing. You know, you're not gonna bring up the thing I put. (laughs) He's a scientist. (laughs) Are you sure about that? Yes. (laughs) Okay, I'm absolutely sure because I stopped and I was like, oh my god, closure on that character. He's a scientist. This is Dr. Fauci, everybody. In his early days, this is Dr. Fauci. So well, how is clearly, he he's dead? How is he Dr. Fauci? Clearly, Are you saying Dr. Fauci's been replaced by a lizard person? Yes. <laughs> okay. And is there any other science mention in this? In the, I, don't, I don't remember no. there being any other science subplot or anything. No, there isn't. But it makes perfect sense because it's the ancient battle between magic and science. Exactly. So he would have made more sense as like a clergyman or somebody that could do like exorcisms or something like it would have. Yeah, a scientist. Oh, that would have made a lot more sense. Like the one person. He's a Christian scientist. How about that? Oh, okay. I like that. Christian science. Okay. There we go. So let's throw that away. It's like, you don't. This is a canon movie. We don't need to know why he was killed. He was just, he's a scientist. Move on. Let's get some cool ninja shit. So, like. (laughs) So, like you said, Billy, like his next move after the Coke move, yeah, is yeah the yeah. M&M move. Well, okay. No, sorry. So, here's the thing. 
Chris has figured out that nothing good is going to happen here. They're not going to figure out who the ninja is. They're not going to figure out what happened here today. So she's like, I'm fucking done with this place. Because Billy comes over, and he's like popping buttons off his shirt. He's trying to expose that fucking burly-ass chest of his. He's like, I'm the brawny man. I'm the man of your dreams. I can get you a soft drink. I can get you that cola. I can get you that coffee. And she's like, okay, okay, I'm done. I mean, she is wearing no bra, a white fucking sweated up uh, wife beater, and just like her little uh, pole hiking pants with the yeah. fucking attachments still. She still has the attachments on. So she's yeah. like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm going home. I don't want to. She even says I'm not into cops or not into police. Or she's, She makes a very. She's a yeah. She's, a, yeah, she's she... all about that. All cucumbers are bountiful lifestyle. <laughs> So she's like, I didn't want to be here. I'm here, and I can see why I didn't want to be here. I'm getting the fuck out of here. And that's when this fucking goon comes over, Billy. Of course, his name's Billy. You know, the only name I think of when I hear the name Billy is Lou Ferrigno and Cage. (laughs) And I will not say what kind of character Lou Ferrigno and Cage plays. Go listen to our episode on it. Please do. (laughs) And so he comes over. Hey, can I take you on a date? I'll get you a cheeseburger. And she's like, I don't eat cheeseburgers. I don't use soft drinks. And then he's like, I got some candy in my pocket. And then you hear great Foley. Yes. Steve Lambert did the Foley work on this scene. <laughs> he yeah. Was, he not only was the M&Ms, but he did the recording. So, Murray, what were those candies? Those hard-chilled candies? Well, of course, they were green and brown M&M's, the sexiest of all M&M's. We've learned that at the beginning of this episode from yesterday. He thought he was going to fucking win a woman over by dropping green and brown M&M's. It didn't work. Amateur amateur move. What M&M's do you drop to uh, seduce a woman, uh, Paul? Yellow. There you go. No explanation. Yellow. Just yellow. Yellow. And if you really try to lure them, you put the peanut in there. You have to put it in your shelf. Everything makes sense about that because yellow is the kind of clumsy one, the funny one, and the charming one. Whereas, yeah, yeah, his friend, the red one, was the asshole. So it's like, no, you don't want I that. I never knew Eminem's had gender, so everyone got like pissed <laughs> off about it. I'm like, who the fuck cares? Like... Fox News taught me that America's civilization is based on Eminem's. <laughs> so now we cut to uh, apparently a telephone operator doesn't pay the bills because she's also a part-time aerobics instructor. So she's getting ready for a second job. Well, she pulls herself up by her. She goes to her home. Her apartment is a Spencer's gift shop. Okay. Just... No, no, no. She's living the greatest fucking lifestyle <laughs> ever. If I could do this, I would. I would own a factory, an abandoned factory, which we talk about a lot in this podcast. Abandoned Sparks factory. That she has furnished and turned into her own home. Come on. I would definitely live in this place. She does have a badass apartment. She has the payphone, like uh-huh. the payphone built in the wall. Oh. I think it's like an air conditioning vent or something built on top of her refrigerator. She got a yeah. she has a sousaphone hanging on the wall. Dude, in case she just wants to play the tuba. <laughs> yeah. And then she's got that yeah. it, it is the eighties, so you gotta have that tacky Patrick Nagel painting of the woman on an easel, not even hanging on a wall. Right. Yeah, it's nice it's, it's a wild house. 
apartment. And she's so good at failed pre uh, product placement, isn't it? With the arcade box, the bouncer arcade box. You want to tell that story? I think that's in the notes on the DVD. I I don't even know about wait, notes. <laughs> I don't even. Know All I know is game. Steve Lambert is playing <laughs> play role in the video game. Yeah, yeah. Bouncer was. I guess it was a game that never came out, but they provided them with the Bouncer arcade box, and then decided oh. not to release the arcade game. So a lot of people were looking for the arcade box for bouncer thinking that this was like a real game and it was intended to be but just never got released thanks to steve lambert <laughs> he's like i can't be in arcade nationwide i can only be one place at one time i'm one steve lambert yeah it's just true yeah i can fucking... only be one steve nagel painting i can only be one telephone pole i can only be one bouncer so she's got to get ready she's got her job her, her friends there and she notices the black ninja katana and she's like when do you add this tacky shit to your apartment? Like she, she knows there's like a million things in this fucking apartment. Yeah, she's like she knows she's been it. in this apartment a million times, right? And she's looking at that place. She's unsheathing it and everything, and it's just the sword has an awe to it. So she's just like drawn into it. Thank the fucking maker, though. The fun rings. And so she's like, hey, I'm going to answer the phone for you. Because th- she's the Saganaki cockblock type. <laughs> so she answers the phone. And she's like, hello, this is an anti-penal colony. She's trying to really, like, you know, cockblock. Good, because who's on the line? Billy. It's fucking Billy. I think you can get yeah. fired for doing this. He's, like, got her fucking address, her phone number. <laughs> He's harassing the, the shit. 80s. Come on. He can get away with this in the 80s. There's I mean, no regulation. Right. I, okay. Okay. This is very true. Because in the 90s, there was a Seinfeld episode where Jerry got a girl's number off a fucking AIDS charity run list, and it was a big taboo. But in the 80s, it's just like, no, that's fine. That's fucking right. cool. Cops use every advantage you can to get in a lady's pants. Right. Especially if No you... means yes, man. This is the 80s. All right. So he's just like, she does. He's like, I'm just not working hard enough, is basically what Billy is saying. I got to hustle a little harder, right. get a little bit more uh, uh, tinny voice, you know, really hit that sting right now before I can get it. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember. Did this Chrissy just shut him down? She's just like, no, I'm not into it. I don't. I don't well, yeah, she, she's just like, what the fuck? You got my phone now? I- no, this is she's not- a little more flirty though. The way she does it this time, it's not so yeah. much a straight. It's like a more playful no. Yellow M and M's are working, guys. Those yellow M's are She likes the chase. She really does. Uh-huh. She likes that there's a man so horny for her that he's willing to break every fucking normality to get her. So she's like, "Well, I will be teaching a course down at the fucking Gold's Gym. I mean, it's no big deal. I'm only the lead instructor." We only have a bunch of redneck perverts working out right behind us. That's my favorite part of this gym is the the muscly like lineman guys like right there in range, just staring at. One of them was like Keith uh, Jagger or whatever. Keith Jagger, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the guy, right? Jagger, 
He wants the pink and when and red. It's we it's we got a great montage. We get that great body shop song playing. We're all ready to fucking work out. Body rock? Yeah. Body shop. Body shop. <laughs> and everybody's just sweaty and having a good time. And then we see lurking in the background fucking Billy with his shirt that says ballet on it, for Christ's sake. Oh, boy. He's trying to come oh. off sensitive. He's yeah. like, I know. Here's my move. I'm going to be a sensitive guy. I'm going to wear a ballet shirt, and I'm going to do aerobics. Now, I got a question about these shorts, because these shorts are coming back in. And you know what? I like that. I like that dudes are getting into the shorter shorts. Like Lemmy used to say, I'm not wearing pants. You're wearing pants. I'm wearing shorts. Because like, apparently Lemmy used to wear really short yeah, shorts. Yeah, you wear cutoffs. Yeah. yeah. And no, it's not a good look. It's a good look on women. It's not a good look. On guys. Not I, don't, I don't want to see guys coming back with short shorts. No, let's stop that. All right. It ends up working in Secord's favor, though, in Billy's favor. I mean, she tells everyone to kind of take a rest or like, no, actually, before she says that, he just starts laying down on the ground. Yeah, because he's out of shape. He's because he can't he can't yeah. hang with her. She's just like she he is a cop after hour. all. They don't give a shit about you know endurance. Right. He, he is eating a donut while he's bear doing, claw, you know, a bear claw. <laughs> and he's crying about the friends he lost in that combat of uh, golf course battle. Probably ate the candy that she rejected. So yeah, he's not he's not a, an icon of fitness here. Which no. is really another reason he showed up at her class. He wasn't. It's not just sexual motives, you know. I think he was trying to take the initiative as a a oh, lame cop and kind of work out, but it backfired, right? So he's yeah. laying down in the middle of the the gym floor. You're saying, trying to say that there's depth to this character, Billy. Uh, I'm. Yeah, I mean, come on, this is <laughs> canon. Uh, All their characters yeah. are like five dimensional. Exactly. Right. We only do five dimensional characters on this show. Well, hey, like. <laughs> Like Paul said, it worked. The trick worked. She talks to him. Yeah, because the class is finished. Everybody is exhausted, except Chris, of course. No, she's, she's fresh as a daisy. She's working out all the time. Right. And so Billy comes up. He's like, hey, man, that guy you found, he's a, get this, he's a Japanese assassin. How about we go for some coffee? Sorry, I don't use coffee. Mm. Another drug. Another drug. Yes, caffeine. So the, the 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 class lets out. She's ready to go home. Apparently, her job is just to do one class and then. And leave. also, apparently, her whole town is abandoned. Factories turn into things because they walk <laughs> out into an abandoned alley. Right, Zargathos well, it, lurking. It's not abandoned at all because we see that the the horned up guys who are watching her work out. They're like, we got to Mick Jagger. That's his name. Yeah, he's got the moves like Jagger because they're moving on this poor woman. Five on one. Five on and one. Literally five feet from the front door. <laughs> five right. feet. From what we uh, suppose is the front door because everybody exits out that door. Right. That's true. In, yeah. Into the well, and, and everyone has no problem with what's happening. No the problem is being at all. Assault, sexually assaulted. But like, like Jim Cornette taught us, there was a lot of consensual sex going on by dumpsters in the 80s. This so. is true. <laughs> So they clearly thought so, that this was like yeah. some kind of peep show, and they right, maybe, they want to watch. They, maybe like a carny would come around with a hat and collect a dollar <laughs> or something, but they're like, "I'm gonna fucking watch this." <laughs> like before I go get lunch, like I got my workout in. I want to watch somebody get off, and then I want to go put something in my belly. Right. <laughs> so Chris, being the only person with a conscience, apparently goes, "Hey, cut that shit out." Yeah, that's my friend. She's a human being. 
And then Mick Jagger's like, how about I rape you? And then he just moves in on her. Yeah, he does the moves like Jagger. Right. He starts swooshing around. That's the funky chicken. Yeah. And every, everyone's watching, including the cop, Billy. He's just standing there watching. I got to see this. And we know he's tired. Mm, he's so obsessed with being like, I'm a cop. You can't do this. That's him. That's him to a T. He loves authoritating <laughs> all over people. But apparently not males. Females he loves doing it too. So this is where we get the nice scene. She happens to be backed up along like a half staircase with a rail above it. So she's able to pull herself up and do this is kind of Gymkhana shit. Oh yeah. It is a little this bit is one, this is one of the five dimensions to the black ninja. Because I think it's it kind of takes I mean, I read it as it took over her body at this point. Otherwise, yeah. I don't remember her being a martial artist of any kind, but Black Ninja, one of his five dimensions, very deep character. I think he shows a little baby face right here, right? Coming to the aid of a, a helpless damsel. So uh, takes he- out all these – I mean, well, he takes out these these meathead guys, right? Right in front of everybody. There's like a whole crowd gathered around watching the peep show. Right. Including Chris. uh, And then, okay, so she's basically, at worst, Chris is defending herself from a possible rape. Yeah. Fucking Billy's like, you're under arrest. Look what you did. You were asking for it. That could have been assault. Yeah, he's like, exactly. You were asking for it when you were doing those sexy moves inside. Well, he did the thing where he looked around to see, like, her cheek hanging out, and he's like, yeah, wearing something like that in an alley like this? Zargathos lurk here. Are you kidding me? So he's like, you're coming with me, lady. Right. And she he actually does pull her into his private car. And, convertible. Yep. Of course, convertible. Of course. He's Billy after yeah. all. Right. Puts her in there, seatbelts her in, kisses her on the cheek, says, stay safe. And he's like driving her aimlessly, as far as we know. Right. As far as she knows. She's like, where are you taking me? He's like, I'm going to take you to my old neighborhood so you can beat up a guy for me. <laughs> he wanted her to meet his mom, clearly. Okay. He's old-fashioned like that. Like Berserkak. Berserkak. He's yeah. like, I just want you to meet my mom before I fuck you tonight. <laughs> oh. And then he's just like, come on, baby, come on. And she's like, no, I don't date cops. And then he just fucking blisters her with, well, if you don't fucking date cops, I want nothing to fucking do with you. This reverse yeah. psychology. And that turns her out right there. It yeah, works. She likes it. It totally works. That's part of the yellow M&M factor. Yep. Right. <laughs> well, she did open the glove box and it was full of yellow m and Right. They poured out. And she's like, come in the house. I don't have any coffee. Well, but I do have some V8. She looks right at the camera and goes, V8. They're in the middle of nowhere right now. They're in the middle of like her place and his pl- his mom's place, of all places. And he does his whole... Okay, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm bringing it back. Uh, what was that movie called with Stingray in it? Do you remember? Undefeatable? I Undefeatable. Was- yes, we did Undefeatable. It's oh, awesome. Of course, Paul knows that movie. <laughs> so he does his Come best... Rock Park. He does his best stingray impression. No, I am such a good guy. You gotta date me. You gotta take my pee pee out, and you gotta put it in your mouth. And she's just like, okay, you know what? I'm really sorry. Okay, why don't we go back to my place? I don't have coffee, but you know what I do have? V eight. <laughs> 
So he takes her. They're back at Spencer's gifts. All right, guys. We're all men of the world. We've all used juices in our sex lives before. But is V8 the appropriate juice? Let's build this up a little bit. Okay. No, we're going right into it. So she brings him in. I'm building it up. She brings him in. She goes and takes a shower. You know what that means. Anytime a woman takes a shower and brings you in the house, you know what that means. So she comes out. And he's just there looking at all of her trinkets, looking at the weird things spinning on top going of the fridge. Going through her CDs like a fucking maniac. Going through her CDs. It's nothing, do but, that. it's nothing but the fucking Midnight Express theme. And he's the a fucking... cop. That's protocol. Come on. You got to know what you're getting into. You do. Thank you. God, a bunch of rifling motherfuckers here. You're the weird one. No, Murray. I'm not. You're, you're going learning. to shit. You're learning. That I you're have the fucking weird manners one. is what I'm thinking. No, you don't. You don't want to learn about people. You want to cage people out from you. You want to put yourself in this shark I cage. I want to cage people out from me? Yeah. How does that work? Because you're not touching things. <laughs> okay. You put yourself in the shark cage. All right, Get out of that shark you cage. Are, Touch things. You guys are horrible. So she comes out of the shower. She goes over. She's got like the Japanese bifold, trifold, quadrifold thing where she could go behind there to dress herself. But she decides to undress and dress herself right in front of him. You know what that means. Wait Murray. a minute. I, I remember. Did she, didn't she have a towel on? Yet she was wearing underwear. Yeah, she has a towel on with her under with her underwear. This is part of the ninja seduction. Yes. She does, shower in her underwear. She does say basically. Well, no. She underwear. brought her underwoos in with her, oh, okay. and uh, she does say, "Do you like these underwoos?" That's a very seductress way of uh, expressing underwear. Underwoos. <laughs> Underwoods. Do you like these underwoods? <laughs> so she drops. She drops the towel, and you see her there in her underwoods, and just... eighty underwear. Under- is just a weird Wonder thing. Woman? What underwoods was she wearing? Underwoods. Grandma. Grandma roos. Grandma. They weren't. They weren't quite. Quite. They weren't like full on hop thigh, like lower back, upper back hugging kind of shit. They were just weird. Mm. 80s underwear. Oh, but her, her jazzercise stuff was like more revealing, I think. Yeah. No, you're 100% right. Her jazzercise shit is very revealing, very fitting. This it's like shit. A frontal, it's like a front thong, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah she, dropped, she knew what she was doing, though. See, I thought this was like the dark ninja or the black ninja taking over already because oh. she was so resistant, so resistant. And then she started using that ninja seduction technique the second she came out. You know, her tune had totally changed. So well, here's, the think question. Was, here's the question. The black ninja. Okay, we, we see throughout the movie. <laughs> the fifth she dimension. Had, she's got black ninja PTSD where she remembers the, the murder of the yeah, black ninja. She goes back to his foreshadow. Why is she with cool her. with he, he was one of the guys who killed her. Right. Killed and him. we see that. We do we see it with him at the we don't i thought we the reveal that kind of at the end yeah he does do. nothing but yeah he seemed i think he's one of he's like an apprehensive he's not one of the aggressive cops it's like ah, i'm gonna chew up my stogie and just blast off um but i yeah they do they it's another one of those canon layers man they try to lay that on you at the <laughs> end like a, like a big a big reveal that does nothing so but yeah clear- Clearly, like this layer is of like you know she's really in a stalker love, and that's blinding her. That's somehow controlling even the demonic powers of this black ninja. So she's so into this dude and his stalker ways and his stingray no 
that it's blocking out the Black Ninja. Or the Black Ninja doesn't know how to be a spirit force well enough yet. So anyways, horrible underwear, drops towel, shows off some kind of 80s ass, and then puts on, you know, a nice man shirt over it. And he's just like, I love your pajamas. Well, she exposed, she has her exposed back showing all of her organs. (laughs) That that turns them on even more. (laughs) Of course, the cop would know all about how women's organs work and every important one. They didn't know how to kill people. Yep. So, yeah. It's always coming from the back. Uterus is up there somewhere. (laughs) Yep. So Don't then, how does she back that? rub? You might get her pregnant. <laughs> so put gloves on. Yeah. So she, <laughs> your your oils could impregnate a woman. <laughs> yes. That's what we're teaching you here today. Unless you have the ultimate blocker. Uh-oh. Of, of sperm V8. Oh, V8. Okay. <laughs> is that it? V8 is a spermicide. I did not know that. It's, it's, a, it's a jizz blocker. Well, the, that's acidity, it. And the, that's, the, but the why was she pouring it on her front? She should have been pouring it on her back. <laughs> well, that was the ninja doing all the all the seduction at this point. I still think this is the ninja. The ninja wasn't too sure of this. That, that makes perfect sense because the ninja's like, well, my sexual organs are on the front of my body. Yeah. Right. And we don't have yeah, V8 in Japan, so this is right. fun. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Okay. So she's got him on the couch. She straddles him, pulls out the old V eight. This was a this was Sam Furstenberg's idea. Even he's like, I don't know what I was thinking, but you know, it sounded good at the time. Oh. Didn't he say that they provided them with a ton of V eight, and everyone was like drinking it up on set? I'm pretty I, sure I, I saw that somewhere that this V eight was all for it. See, I don't think. See, I think. Coca-Cola, they I think they were swooping in trying to get Coca-Cola to give them some money. So that's why they introduced it. But then when they realized that they weren't going to get any, kind of like the Lucky Charms thing in Leprechaun. Um, and so I think, you know, when Coca-Cola was probably like, no, you only get one can and you have to pay for it yourself. Out of that machine, fuck you. Then I think that's where she's, you know, she's saying, I don't do, I'm not on soda. I don't use soda, whatever she said. I don't use I don't soft drinks. drinks. Yeah, soft drinks. But with the V8, V8 was all for it, apparently, and yeah. sent them like eight cases of V8, um, which is why I'm kind of surprised they don't they don't go back to it uh, and use it more. I think this is the last of the I product agree. you see. Yeah. I mean, it really could have done wonders for the, the healthy food drinking community. High sodium, get a heart attack, pour it on your front, pour it on your back, pour it up your ass. I mean, um, yeah, that was that was smart by Furstenberg, but also feel like it was a, a missed opportunity to continue. I mean, we talked about it right here. It's it's the most That's true. Uh, it's the most organic version of birth control. Right. Yep. So That's right. Since the acidity of tomato would destroy sperm, it's spermicidal. Right. That's right. If you're looking to have an at-home abortion, just eat lots of high-sodium foods and drinks. And tomatoes. Tomato juice. And tomatoes. That's it. Yeah. Pour just well, there's, smash there's, it in your chest. There's technically eight vegetables. That's why it's called V8. There it is. It's there one of the go. secrets of the ninja. There you go. And, of course, one of them is not tomato because tomato is a fruit. Well. 
we, in the eighties it wasn't. Yeah, I no. think actually your bombshell is what killed VA because when's the last time you ever seen VA? That's true. I haven't seen him forever. The last person I knew was when I worked at the old folks' home. This guy that's my age now, who looked like he was three times your age, <laughs> that guy who was like, I drink V8 to stay young. And I was like, oh, brother, <laughs> I'm going to look like I'm 90 when I'm 30. <laughs> so we've been in well, we've been in this episode five hours, but we've been in this movie a half an hour. Don't yawn on Mike. It's terrible. And the first I'm like, I think I'm, I speak for everyone where I'm like, where the fuck is show Kazugi at? <laughs> We're half hour in this movie. Well, don't worry, guys, because this is where he shows up. Shows up. We're at the it's showtime. Show We're at the airport. Shows getting off. They let him let this. Remember, this is pre nine eleven, so you could get on with ninja weapons. So it's okay that he he has his blow dart and is underneath his uh, eye patch, and, and he can be met at your gate with your your welcoming party. Right. Right. Yeah, you could back then. The the Asian community, the ninja community, I imagine, that we see towards the end of the film. Well, they're like Buddhist monks or something like that. There's something. Yeah, there's something. It was that was a weird one. But they meet him at the at the gate, bring him in, tells him not to worry. And then where did they go after this? From the airport. Does it cut to the back to the police station? No. They, go, they go back to Chris. But here's a question. Post 9-11, would you be allowed to come on with a katana handguard as an eye patch? Or would that be considered a weapon? I think that was part of Furstenberg's social commentary saying that the Americans wouldn't recognize this as a katana handguard sheath cover whatever the the hilt right um but they yeah it's kind of interesting too because it has a slit in it so he technically could see through it It wasn't really a patch to cover a a slit in it because that's where the blade goes through i mean right but i'm saying he could see through that which you know makes the the ignorant person not knowing that that's a hilt Say, oh, he's only got one eye. I'm fighting a ninja cyclops. But that's not the case. You know, he's able to see through that little slit using ninja vision. And But no, I I, I actually will test that next time I go to the airport. I'll wear one and see if <laughs> I get, see if I get confiscated. You're getting like a cavity search now. Just hey, to, hey, we have a field. You. We have a we have a field reporter uh, uh, cont- uh, retainer. That's the word for it. We'll send you oh, all, all the green M and M's. We'll we'll even send you like American currency. We were using Russian rubles for a while there, but uh, I use straight crypto. I don't know what the fuck you're. Talking oh, you're on a crypto now. Oh yeah. Oh okay. So you'll get a you'll get a couple of crypto. Murray apparently. Technology Master Murray uh, yeah. over here will get you a couple cryptos. Exactly. So yeah, go ahead and do that field reporting for us, and Murray will give you a crypto or two. So we get a little, we get a little taste of Kazugi, just a little. We go, hey, he's in this movie. Yeah. Then we cut right back to Chris. Oh yeah. She's uh, she's working in the sewers. I guess the telephone lines go through the sewers in Phoenix. Well, it depends. Yeah. Okay. We're trying to get those lines underground. And good old Billy shows up. And he's like, hey, I kind of got to cancel that date. He hit it. He's a hit it and quit okay, kind of okay. guy. He's just, Murray, know. let's put this into context. How many days have they known each other now? Two or three. I don't know. It's two. Two? Two. 
Okay. And he's already like stopping by at her work at a remote location that he should have well, no I, I fucking guess clue. Technically, all of Phoenix is her work if she works outside. Sure, you can't blame him for that. So this is where we also see one of her coworkers. Yeah, yes. played by Steve Lambert. He also played the manhole cover. Right. That was incredible. incredible. He is the original Kirby from Nintendo's Kirby uh, game <laughs> series. <laughs> I think he's got a new game come out. It's on my mind. Okay. So I, I, I love this because it shows again how much of a creep Billy is. Yeah. Because he hounded her down. She's working in a remote place. She works all over Phoenix. It's Murray. You can help us out with this. In 80, how many square mileages did Phoenix cover? Phoenix was at least a couple square miles at that time. A couple. Yeah. That's a lot of territory. Probably, I think at that time there's probably 300 people living in Phoenix. <laughs> 300 yeah. people. Well, it was, it was a boom town. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so he stops by to cancel their day. and we But he's got his partner with him who we all remember from – and and she, and that she doesn't remember, but the Black Ninja remembers. Of course, she has another one of those Ninja PTSD flashbacks. Uh, back to Black Ninja, right? Back to Ninja. And we see that his partner was right up in the front. He loved shooting that ninja. Oh yeah, he had the biggest grin on his face. He's a Stanley knockoff. Right, uh, he was just horrible. And then they just take off, and then uh, Black Ninja takes over. Yeah. So this Chris, is the first time we see Black Ninja take the wheel. Chris just jumps in the telephone van and starts following. Yes. Which apparently is her van, because we do see it at her house, slash factory, slash abandoned house, oh. often. Yeah, because she doesn't own a car. Yeah. So, uh, she follows... The, I, did this guy have a name? I don't even fucking remember this guy. <laughs> Partner. The cop? Can we yeah. call him Stan? Because I called him fucking... Uh, weird Stan Lee, so let's just call him Stan. Okay. So she, she follows, I guess she finds his place, but then she goes home. She she literally follows Billy and uh, Dark Stan to Dark Stan's house because apparently Billy's job was to drive Dark Stan to his house. Right. Well, they're partners, so yeah, he's going to drop them off. Yeah. Is that, what, is that how copying works? You drop your partner off at home? Oh Good, yeah. Yeah, it's not like telephone business where you just leave your partner there on the side, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. It's very, it's very opposite. That's why the opposites attract. Hmm. <clears throat> so, uh, Chris, she's sensing something's going on. Something's wrong with her. Something's going off. And how does she solve that? She flash dances. She just like, I got to get this, this tension, this angst out. So she saw where Dark Stan lived, and she went back home, and she's like, you know what? I feel weird. I'm going to dance it off. Right. That's what that's what women do. We see it in commercials all the time. Women love it as dance to stuff. This is true. You know? This is true. 100% true. Right. The factual in my life, at least. Right. <laughs> and then she uh, she calls up Billy. And she's like, Billy, I'm feeling weird. And he's like, you're not pregnant, are you? And it's like, we just fucked yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> he ate. You know, and he's like, and he's like, babe, just stop being such a woman and just calm down. All right. I'll be over later on to give you the old hoppy projection. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and call you in five minutes here. And uh, if you just let the voice machine pick up, I'll do a little bit of that ASMR you like. You know, why can't my victory be your victory? <laughs> you like so much. Right. Yeah. So she hangs up. 
and this is where the bounce. This is where Steve Lambert does his best acting as the bouncer <laughs> video game. Yes, <laughs> because it starts smoking, and then it starts lasering, and then we get a that great scene where we get the sword on, like obviously on a wire, just floating out of the closet. I didn't even notice the wire. I didn't either. Canon and special effects. They knew it. Top, they were of, really? top uh, tier. Furstenberg said this movie was also heavily influenced by Poltergeist, which was a very big movie at the time. That makes sense. And, yeah, because everything's coming out of the closet. I think, isn't it in the Poltergeist, the, the monster, whatever, was going to pull them into the closet or some shit? I haven't seen there it. There is a closet correlation in Poltergeist, but then I think it was uh, it came out of the TV, right? So that's why they wanted to do it out of the video game instead, because they didn't want to copy it. Oh, that's a good way of doing it. Because I thought not that, that she was... even has a TV inside of her Spencer's because she doesn't. Not that I could she's tell. One of, she's one of those people. I don't watch TV. I don't and watch she has TV. to tell you she doesn't watch TV. Right, but that's a hundred percent. I don't do smoke drinks. Don't do yeah. coffee. No TV. Melts your brain. I do jazzercise. What does she do? Yeah, V eight. She's probably Rams one of those her. people who who is just like weed will solve every one of your problems ever. Right. So. <laughs> but eats it but yeah, yeah. just, just mouths down on it eats the buds by themselves yeah it doesn't Use do anything <laughs> so the, the sword takes over she's fully possessed by the black ninja and the black ninja he wants to go back to that ninja cave which is on the outskirts of the golf course so she goes Not there she, she 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 knocks on the thing. The thing opens. She sees the ninja cachet. It's lit up. Fun fact: the ninja stuff. That's what's in the uh, the uh, attaché case from Pulp Fiction. That's why it's lighting up. It's all. It was all sure. <laughs> that's fancy. Oh. And I love it. It's a really good shot. We get to see her in her tiny little eighty shorts and everything. Great. Those shorts. They're still the best shorts of all time. Hundred percent. That's okay. the the short look she has here. Yeah, that is the best look for shorts. And she's going to the cave in there, and for like I'm a big I'm I'm a big spelunker, so no that that just does it for me. So the spelunking in those tiny shorts, fantastic. <laughs> but then she looks into protection. that. Yeah, exactly. You look into that fucking ninja uh, kateshe uh, case. And you see the light blaring into her, and it's just like boom, 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 boom. And suddenly she's got the fucking ninja guy li- eyeliner she's, on. What? She's got Asian eyes. Yeah. Didn't she? You want to like, that's think... my, hold on. That's my favorite Hall and Oates song. Asian eyes? Asian eyes. Isn't that their song? Asian eyes. They're watching you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I okay. I'm sorry. So she's ready to kill because she's got to kill that partner, Stan. You called him, yeah, Stan. Dark Stan. Dark Stan. So he goes. She goes to Stan. Stan's being the most Italian stereotype I've ever seen. He's playing pool in a white beater <laughs> in his boxer shorts. You get a lot of these people down in Austin. You got a lot of Italians playing pool in their fucking living room all the time. Yeah, they have their own clubs here, but you know it's. I, yeah, it's very common. Very common. They're named Cole as well, usually. But he's got they, a, he's they, a giant piece of New York's pizza. <laughs> nothing on it but cheese. He's like, this is how you eat pizza. Ooh, rolls that, it up. That of course, is he rolls it up. Interesting. He's a real New Yorker. Yeah, that's right. He's got the classiest 
game room. It's got the fuck black velvet painting of a naked woman. That, I mean, that's why the living room we record in here. I'm sorry, the podcasting room we record in. It's just full of velvet nude rooms. Right. That's because that's class. We got Schwarzenegger's uh, Shadow Dong in here from Terminator. You know, we got it all. <laughs> we were we we put both sides. Uh, speak for yourself. I know. <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm saying for artwork, my friend. Oh, no. We appreciate. <laughs> oh, you don't appreciate that? No, I don't appreciate Shadow Dog. Oh, you don't? Oh, I thought you did. No. You've never said anything about the artwork until now on this no, episode. No, I actually, actually made me feel very uncomfortable. Uncomfortable? Yeah. We've done this for there's 100 a, there's episodes. There's a painting of Earl Schwarzenegger's dong over my shoulder. No, I don't just have a painting. I, like I have a fucking marble. Uh... <laughs> I want to apologize I, to everybody who's listening, because this is hour five now of yeah, this episode. We're five. only halfway through this movie. Yeah, you're already on your third catheter <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Any, there's any time for a catheter, it's it's this time. Yeah, put in your fourth catheter. But this is a 200th episode. We got to go big. It's 200. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we're at this pool guy. Um, okay, so we've gone through. He's got the great painting. He's got the great. Pool. We have another ball crush coming up, don't we? Yeah. We have the what? Another ball crush coming up. Jesus, what is with Furstenberg and his ball crushing? Is it is this him trying to take down the male like structured it's, world? It's part of that Israeli uh, kind of um, what's it called? Where the the bris kind of thing? Like really? Yeah, I thought that was the Jewish thing. Is that a Jewish? <laughs> well, Furstenberg. Okay, so yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So he's becoming a man. I think so. Well, she's see. This is the male ninja. This is another one of the dark black ninja. This is another one of his layers, where he's. This is how he demasculates, or he, you know, just kills them that way. That's why he was able to take out the uh, the caddies earlier on because it was like ball crush. It's like something yeah, okay. intimidating, right? So I think that's why she did it here because I think this dark stand guy was. Probably the worst of the of the cops in the flashbacks, at least. Apparently. Yeah, so she takes him out first and serves him up a ball crush, letting him know, like, you're fucking dead, man. Not me, it, but Black Ninja, he remembers it, you. Very interesting because, you know, ninjas, stealth killing, shit like that. She decides to get herself caught just so she can intimidate the fuck out of him. So that is a level of, uh, you know, that's actually what we saw at the Black Ninja. He liked to be seen when he was murdering people. He loved the intimidation game. So that continues here, and I like that about him. Isn't that the exact opposite of what a ninja does, though? They don't like to be seen. Well, when you're in American school, you want to kind of do things bigger. You want to be more bold, you know. He's out of his element. He's not in feudal Japan, so to say. So he's he's doing things a little differently here. You know, he's going heavier on the eyeliner instead of just kind of more subtle. <laughs> well, this fight does end. There's a billiard break, a uh, ball break, and everything. A billiard ball slice, and then a break. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He does break. Uh, <laughs> we're referring to the Black Ninja slash uh, Chris as a he, but um. 
Slices the billiard ball, breaks one, slashes the motherfucker in the face, and even palms throws. I got to give it up to his wife beater, though. He She picked him up by his wife beater. It didn't even tear. Didn't even tear. This no. is the most... American ingenuity back in the 80s is fascinating, everybody. Right. It's 100% Italian. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he only talk with this gesture. And only Murray can see me doing this gesture. Yeah, but always... we all know what gesture I'm doing. Yeah, we know. Pinky ring. <laughs> and then she throws him out a window. And that kills him. That's all you need. One slash out a window, you're dead. And it's the perfect cut to Billy arriving with the other cops onto his co- uh, former partner's uh, uh, house. Where now they're investigating the crime scene and everything. And we see, of course, there's a camera crew and everything. There's all the neighborhood. They're watching. He was the quiet man. All he did was eat Italian slices and fucking play pool in his velvet uh, decked out living room, den area. Man cave. Man cave. Of course, it was a man cave. And uh, there we see him again. It's been a while since we've seen him. Shokazugi. Right. And, he, and then they, they do the nice move where the van, this was actually believable because the van slowly pulls out and then he disappears. That was a nice touch. Usually it's just, and he's just disappeared. But I could actually believe the show could walk away. So now we're back at Chris's beautiful abandoned factory apartment and Billy just kind of shows up there because they are three days into dating. And this is... <laughs> Very acceptable out of three days of dating somebody where you just randomly show up at their place now. Well, and, if you go through their CDs and shit, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? You find the Savage Garden, you find the Depeche Mode, you find... You probably computers. already made a key. Oh, you, oh, you think you... Okay, yeah. just pocketed a key one day and took it to the... Right. What? Where would you guys go to get a key made in those Let's things? Let's go to a hardware store. It's just a hardware store. Oh. <laughs> That's, that's all. Yeah. The hard well, now going. nowadays we would think you go to Ace or you go to Home Depot or you go to Lowe's or you go to. Well, there's like four there was things. a time, Griff, when it, there weren't two stores didn't monopolize the entire tool, you know, business. Duopolize. And so, uh, yeah, you, there was many uh, mom and pop shops. I think you could even go to Sears and get your keys made. Oh, yeah, you definitely could go to Sears. Yeah. I'm okay. sure Sears is huge in Phoenix at this time. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like freaking out. She's got bruises. And I mean, obviously they're into that kind of sex life and everything. Right, yeah. But V eight V eight BDSM. Yeah, but Billy's like <laughs> We both know my backhand's not that strong. I couldn't have given you those bruises. Are you cheating on me, bitch? He grabs you by the throat. He's like, no. And she's like, this is the problem in a relationship. You you can't do it for me. So this isn't doing anything for me. So, of course, those bruises aren't from him. So it's like, wait, what is this all about? She decides she's got to go to a doctor. Get her back checked out. <laughs> and they run her through the whole entire gamut of they like, we can't find anything wrong with you. Your V8 levels are through the roof, looking great. You, you probably have hypertension from all that sodium, but... You, you took my line away from me, man. I know, because she says the only problem you do have is a preoccupation with Japanese culture. She says it like a doctor. <laughs> she delivers it like a modern age. We call these weebs. That's why it was in there. We mm. call them weebs. 
Preoccupation <laughs> with Japanese culture. Hey, that- Paul, you've been to Japan, right? Yes. What I had, it-, I, uh, it was close. I almost got the, a similar addiction, but I was oh. able to fend it off. What is the weirdest culture shock thing you experienced while being over? Like weird fish out of water type thing. Um, they have these things called crushum bars that I heard about, where it was like bars that. Oh, see, when we first went over there, we would stay in Rapungi, which is like a very partyish kind of area. Um, I mean. Yeah, so apparently there's these bars that are called crushing bars where you would pay a woman in high heels to like crush gerbils <laughs> or mice and like oh, crush no. things, and, like oh step God. on your nuts and stuff. Yeah, so um, stayed out of those, but uh, also like I guess whenever you go into a gym or any kind of public uh, bathhouse or something, you have to get put tape or like cover up all your tattoos because it's yakuza affiliated so right anytime you go to like a gym you have to wear long sleeve stuff or put, so like a lot of the guys would have like tape all over their body it was really strange oh, um, but it was just to cover up their tattoos um and then uh and then you also have the sumo toilets which are just like holes in the ground okay yeah i know these yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. A lot of places have that. Like in Europe and shit, there's places that have a hole in the ground. And it's like... Well, I think those are just like in the old castles. I mean, for the most part, I found toilets like in most countries. But like in Japan, you'd have to go to like a handicapped toilet or they'd call them a Western toilet for it to actually be like a toilet you could sit on. Otherwise, most of the toilets were just the holes in the ground. So I remember Sandman, he was a big fan of being like, yeah, you just got to take like a, a folding chair and put it on its side. You just sit on that. And <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fucking disgusting. So, <laughs> yeah. Is it any more disgusting than just shitting in a hole? Like, was he breaking a beer over his head while he was shitting? How big is the yeah, hole? Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not big. It's like... So God, maybe a just, little, it's like a little bigger than like a football. Jesus, so you got to be Peyton Manning to fucking fucking right? Is there shit everywhere? Shit? Then? Um, it <laughs> smells like it, and some of it. Well, it's like yeah, because then you're thinking like I don't, I don't remember seeing like any flush buttons, but that wasn't. <laughs> that's that my that was like, band name, flush buttons. <laughs> yeah, the flush buttons. But I mean, that's in the buildings and like a lot of, I mean, the hotels would have regular toilets and whatnot, but, but I did, you know, the rooms are a lot smaller too, but the guys that were much, much bigger, um, sad to say, like would just take dumps in the bathtub because they couldn't fit on the toilet. So they'd have to like, they'd have to just like sit in the bathtub and (laughs) shit themselves out there. Yeah. It's kind of fucked. Uh, you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but like, so much of their stuff was so advanced too, because that was like the first place I ever went where they had their vending machines would dispense like hot coffee in a can, and their machine. And these machines looked so old, but they had had this stuff around forever. And I don't think we don't even have machines that do that, like vending machines that dispense hot hot coffee like in a can you know or yeah i don't know it's 
Or schoolgirl underwear either. We don't have that here in America. Yeah. Is that a real thing? Schoolgirl underwear. I'm not sure. I know some of the guys I, probably I, wore I've it. I've heard for... about that in Japan. I didn't know if it was real or not. So I don't know. How do you? How would you describe it? It's a vending machine where you just buy schoolgirls underwear. Like, I don't. Have to, I don't. Oh, know I'm a vending machine. Okay, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, I. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't see any of that. I'm sure it's there. <laughs> you get your balls crushed. You're like, I don't die for this. Yeah, yeah. The vending machines that dispense like little chickens and gerbils and squirrels and some of that. So you know, like this one's already dead. I need my refund. So yeah, it's it's kind of fucked, man. Those hostess bars, you got to watch out. I could definitely imagine some kind of kebab situation happening where they have the stilettos on, they pierce a food that then they feed you. Yeah, that, I'm sure. That, yeah, because we know all about the Japanese culture where they love to serve food off bodies, but that's taken into a new, that's taken it to a stiletto level. Where yeah, well, pierce, yeah. All that would culminate, I think, in getting their balls crushed by these stiletto heels. Like well, that, that was the, that was the yeah. whole point. But so I, I don't know. They probably got their balls fed to them, kebab style. You know, it's fucked. What are we doing a movie today? We just, <laughs> oh, no, I, I forget where we're at. We're, sorry, we're preoccupied with Japanese culture, much like Chris. So perfect segue. Perfect segue. So she, she fed Billy. <clears throat> <laughs> That's it is, deleted, it is a deleted scene where Chris does step on a gerbil, but a you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to get an X rating, so they cut it out. But you see in a flashback that that gerbil was also involved in that shooting at the beginning. So it's. (laughs) Gerbil had a gogi in his mouth. Yeah, the black black ninja was vengeful. He left no one one left. (laughs) He didn't didn't forget anybody. So. Fuck you, gerbil. All right. Are we ready? Chris is back at the police station. She's trying to find Billy, her boyfriend of now three and a half days. She's madly in love with them. She's there with the red tank top, never wears a bra, and she's always cold. Um, But it's like the, the desk operator, he can't figure out what's happening. So she's like, Billy, I don't know. the guy with all the hair on him. No, he's not around. So she's just like, ah, what the fuck? But it just happens that she turns to her six o'clock and she's like, boom, boom, law and order sound effect happens. <laughs> and she's like, I recognize these two motherfuckers. What you recognize is one guy. It was just one? Oh, it was just one. Frank Costanza and his two lady friends. I just oh, watched the right. movie with the old Jerry Stiller in it. What? Yeah. What? What? He did have a Jerry Stiller look to him, didn't he? Yeah. 100%. And that's why he had two babes on him. I'm not implying they're prostitutes, but I think they're prostitutes. He stopped short on both of them, and they were both into it. Right. And he's like, hey, ladies. I just, I just... Uh, excuse me. Hey, ladies. Let's get a funky. That's exactly what he said. And he's like, there's a spot right across the, right across the street. How about we big, just do this? They're big Beastie Boy fans, so right. of course they were in on it. So... <laughs> You can't have a Sam Furstenberg ninja movie without a hot tub scene. We learned it from Revenge of the Ninja, where they actually tried to kill a woman in a hot tub by spraying her T-shirt. We got to ask Paul the question, when do you learn about spa technology? Because this is in almost every Shokazuki movie. He's 
always associated. That's true because there was a – he died in a hot tub in uh, Blind Fury. And Pray for Ninja. Yeah. There's a fucking puppet that jumps out of a – He loves the jacuzzi. It's like second week material, to be honest with you. Because that's where you find somebody at their most vulnerable when they're in a jacuzzi relaxing. So it makes sense. Sometimes. You've never, you you never you know, oh. yeah, playing an arcade game, jacuzzi, drinking V eight. There's mind different. Control. It's also mind control. That's right. So any kind of any kind of uh, vulnerability, you try and jump on that. So that's like they want to they want to kind of ingrain that in your head early on. So uh-huh. I still use it. Hundred percent. What we know about Paul at this point is that his brain is a sponge because he learned all these ninja techs in three weeks. Right. Mind <laughs> control, spy technology, fucking shuriken between your fucking toes. And there's skills yeah. he's still using to this day. I mean, these are to life this skills. Day. Yeah. yeah. The ass is actually a secondary form of the toes for the shuriken. Wow. I've never seen that. Yeah. I want to see that in a movie. Maybe that's yeah. in a Kankazooie movie. <laughs> Maybe. Does the ninja so, pants have the split? Like, like you have the camel-toed boots. Are the pants kind oh, like of like the molded to the butt cheeks? Kind of yeah. They have some. They're they have a a second bit of material. See, that's how you know real ninja pants, kicking pants, Chuck Norris kicking jeans. They have the extra material sewn in the crotch, so you get the full stretch. Right. They are a bit form-fitted in the ass, but not too much because you don't want to limit your mobility. Right. Especially if you're climbing up poles or jumping off of helicopters. You know, you don't want to fucking – you don't want to limit anything, so you want to keep your mobility at a maximum. Perfect sense. So we're in the spa. We're in the hot tub. Frank's got his two ladies, classy ladies with him. And Chris shows up with some towels. Oh yeah, they just think she's innocent towel girl. And, Why not? I mean, what what is what is uh, Mister Costanza doing here with these beautiful young ladies? Because he is way too old for these women, but they're both into him. Right. So of course they're all just like, yeah, go get us some towels. And then suddenly the towel girl is trying to get into the hot tub, and we get the slow shot. We're going from the ankles. Well, we started a close-up with the feet because Tarantino took over for this shot, and he really wanted to make sure those tootsies were popping. And then we work up her legs and everything, and we see that she's not just interested. She's interested. And Frank Costanza's two other ladies are like, ew. Yeah, right. They're like, come on. We were just going to do a nice wholesome threesome. We're not into this sick foursome shit. Right. And this beautiful young woman who's maybe four years younger than us, we don't want her involved at all. Even though she's hot to try. Like, ew. But Doesn't one say that? She's like, beat it, bitch. Yeah. yeah. They, they, I don't know how much. competition. Yeah. I don't know how much. Frank, he's just like, come here. Give me the light eyes. And she gets in, <laughs> she gets in the hot tub, starts macking on our boy Frank, and we get some hand close ups. Drago's on in this movie, anybody? Actually, Steve Lambert did the hand acting. That, 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 that was Steve Lambert. I did hand. wonder why the knuckles were so hairy. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> and she's got the ring, the old ninja trick, the ring. We spin it around, and there's like a fucking needle tack, and she just goes pop. It's Frank in the neck. And the other two girls, by the way, one of them was like, let's get out of here. I don't want to watch this. And the other one's like, I'm pretty into it. This is pretty cool. 
And what does she get for her trouble? She gets slashed across the chest by that ring. Across the back, Murray. We know that's where a woman's organs are. No, that's why. He's... No, who's the front? Okay. I thought one got the back, one got the front, right? Well, he's very thorough. <laughs> I guess Black Ninja is so confused because he's in a woman's body, so he doesn't know what's going on anymore. He's like back, front, do both. Yeah. <laughs> but he kills her, and then he starts. He pulls out a strangle wire and starts choking. That's right. Woman. That's right. Kills them both. Then, like fifteen minutes later, show shows up. Yeah. You see, there's like it's like basically human soup right now. It's just these bodies floating in this hot tub. Yep. And he does the classic move where you, you touch the blood, you look at it, you rub it between your fingers. Mm. That's if, real blood. If only he had two eyes, he could have expressed so much, but he only has one. Oh, so we only get half but the he's picture. But he's got great eyeliner on. Though. Great well, eyeliner. he had to make sure it wasn't V8. He was right. Like, oh, he right. it. Definitely right. not tomato. Anyways, we're going over Bill. Of course, he's a boyfriend of four days now, so he's bringing his sweet lady some groceries. They're practically married at this time. They're married. It's they're essentially days. married. Yeah, yeah they're nine, they're they're nine years deep as, as far yeah. as he's concerned. <clears throat> and so he's bringing her some groceries and everything. And so just before she went to the hot tub, she went to the police station. This is the same day. This is maybe two hours later. And this is the. I, and I also uh, want to point out. Oh, Chris is jazzercising her attention out this time. She's like she's curling some uh, dumbbells while he comes in the door. Right, right. Uh, and so it's been because we can still see it's very much daylight. So it's been maybe two to three hours. He shows up, sees her. She's not responsive at all, and he's trying to call out to her and everything. Uh, it's, you haven't responded to anybody all day. Where have you been? He's already that controlling. Four days in, that controlling. <laughs> we know he's a creep from the get-go. Right. So finally he manages to break her workout. You've been gone since noon. <laughs> so this is, this is not normal. But Chris insists. She's like, I know we went to that doctor. I know she told me nothing was wrong except my sodium intake and my weeb addiction. There's nothing. There's There's got to be something wrong. So Billy, of course, is like, hey, I watched this movie one time. Big Trouble in Little Chinatown. So now I have a guy. A uh, guy. No, no he a- says, he actually says, apparently, I didn't know this, but every police station has an Asi- Asiatic division. Oh, is that what he says? I know a guy in the Asiatic division who knows a guy. Oh, my God. That's even better. Of the police department in Phoenix. Right. In Phoenix, yes. Hot course. For, they have a huge Asian community. Chinatown in Phoenix is huge. Oh, yeah. It's, fuck yeah. It's huge, man. It's next to uh, Arizona State. Right. <laughs> Literally half a block, you know? So they take him to, and I'm glad you brought up Big Trouble in Little China, because we get our we get a James Hong fucking, uh, or, and, or as, as uh, uh, Furstenberg called him, John Wong. It's like, <laughs> this guy's great. I love him. John Wong. It's like, that's not his Jesus. Ah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so. there's, there's a. a Special black magic Asian kind of place here. Thank God we got the Asiatic division. We know this. Yeah. And they're cash only. 
And so James Hong. It Honk, was the 80s. Yeah, you you say Honk. that like it was a weird thing. <laughs> I'm just saying. They don't want any paper trail. Okay. Wait, but by only exchanging paper. James James Hong, excuse me, John Wong comes out. <laughs> you know, we all know him, David Lopan from, from Big Trouble. It's beautiful. He's looking good. He's got the Fu Manchu. He's wearing knee-high moccasins. It's just, he's like, I got these from the set. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, bring her back. You know, he's like, do you have the money? Uh, what's it say? Billy pulls out a big wad. That was at least nine thousand dollars. Right. Oh man, I just know. Yeah, I noticed that he literally hooks him up, even though he's a fellow cop. He doesn't get a discount or anything. He literally puts like ten grand in his. Like that was huge. That seemed. Abs- yeah, I don't get. Yeah. Anyways, so I didn't know they're paying that well. Fuck, man, he gets paid better than the goddamn. Well, phone. you know. You- you know Billy's on the take, for Christ's sake. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. With all that candy and coke, he's a fucking, you know, he's fucked. Think, like, like, let's think about this. He has stalked the fuck out of Chris and got a relationship out of it. There's right. got to be other women he stalked the shit out of who paid him off. So he's, he's never like, doing anything. He's never doing any police work, typically. Exactly. He, is, he is 100% superfly. He realizes he needs to diversify his income, and he's done it to a T. I don't know. I was hoping, <laughs> though, since this is an Asian place, that they would have waxed his back, too, but no. They, <laughs> there's no waxing here. No. It's not a Brazilian house, Murray. No. You got to go across the police department, across the hall, where, or across the street where the uh, Costanza or the uh, yeah. Jerry Stiller got killed right. in the ceiling. Yeah. And we know this is the real Asian place because the toilets, there's holes in the holes there's, in the floor. Yeah, there's just a couple holes in the ground. Yeah. And, and you, don't want, you don't want to know what Bill Billy's like, you got a bathtub I can use. <laughs> <laughs> so so is this chain her up, right? She gets yeah. Chain yeah. Yeah, they tie her up. They got like a belt with chains. They and he's just, and like Billy's like, whoa, this is some kinky shit here. Yeah, of course, Bill's like, into it. He's like, I'm like, <laughs> he's like, John John Wong is like, I'm practically a doctor. Come on, I'm practically a doctor. <laughs> and so he loads up his weed pipe, lets her take a toke off of that, and says, let's get this shit started. Right. And this is where because we know the, the the fucking uh the blue demon he's, he's 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 keto he's like he doesn't do drugs so he's getting upset by this weed what? blue you mean black yeah yeah and so he's getting pissed off and this is where we get our exorcist scene and apparently there was a mo- uh they shot a head spinning around but they could they would they wouldn't they get like an X rating if they had had it and so they had to cut that scene. For a head spin? Yeah, and the X rating. I don't understand that. I don't know. Man, because considering so Exorcist had a head spinning and it got an R rating, I don't know. And that came out like 10 years earlier. Oh, so, God. what was the actual rating on this? PG or PG? It was R. It was R. Okay. Yeah. PG 13 wow. wasn't around by then. Was it just for so, Billy's uh, backyard? Oh, was yeah. That? PG 13, yeah. No. Was it rated R for Billy's back hair? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, think about it. Right. And it would traumatize a lot of children. Yeah. And, but you got to also remember, back in the day, nobody fucking gave a shit. Like, my mom took me to R-rated movies, and I cared, you know? 
And so, yeah. Shit, I watched a Disney movie the other day with ass, hell, all that kind of shit. In yeah, it. we could but handle it, was, it back then. It was from, I told you. It was from they 90... have nudity in PG movies back then. It was just dealt with it. It was from 95. Yeah. Uh, uh, Judd Apatow movie, if you will, uh, with Ben Stiller in it. Heavyweights? Uh, it was oh, really? Yeah, I, I watched it for the first time the other day. Is that the fat kids camp kind of yeah. thing? Or they like they start a football team or something? It wasn't a football team. You're, you might be thinking of Little Giants, which is oh awesome. yeah, no, that's what I was thinking of Little Giants. That's a relic of my youth. But no, it's like Disney used to treat their like teen, early teens, preteens with some respect, and they had crazy old Ben Stiller in there. It was really good. But is as good as Cutter's Way? No, okay. nothing is as good as Cutter's Way. That's a, that's a call and back you to our know last this. episode. <laughs> uh, okay, so the demon's pissed off. It starts speaking in tongues. Her face gets all white. So how do her they have her chained up? Let's, let's let's say this. How do they have her chained up? Well, she was tied up, spread eagle with rope. And right. then they had like a belt with chains. They so had there a was chastity a... chain belt on right. her. Right. And yeah. it was so it was just that you know her left and right side it was chained to like a right like a pole or some shit. Right. And so of course this after she gets that toke that brings out her inner demon, which right. is my favorite tramp stamp. Toke me up and see my inner demon. And then, so uh, Lopan, he starts freaking. Cause we can tell he's just a charlatan. Like he, he's he's out of his depth right now. Right. He didn't, know he what's didn't going think on. this Asianic division thing would fly, but now he's on the fucking payroll. Right. <laughs> and he's and he's just like, I just fuck. I was just giving people horoscopes and shit. I don't know what's going on here. Right. And so she rips the ropes that are holding her, so she's free except for around the waist. Right. And then she just starts spinning, like flipping around. So Mia Shami, one of the better effects of the film, don't you? In terms of canon effects, she's. <laughs> you they know why kept... it was good? Because Steve Lambert did it. That was Steve Lambert, people. <laughs> Dude, this he's spinning around. That's right. Yeah. He does it all. He, um, yeah, no, he he's the fucking man of many hats. <laughs> we need to find more Steve Lambert films. This is a good point. So uh, David Lopan, real, he's just like, this woman has got Black Ninja in her. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's, it's bad. And he's got all nine powers of the ninja. All nine. Right. That's and, one more than a V8. Uh, Mia Shami, that's uh, our, our Asian director here, or uh, demon possessor here. Or as you spelled it, Miyashima. Miyashima. What did I say? You said Miyashami. <laughs> that's close enough. Okay. And so he's just like, look. My hands are tied here. And Bill's like, I know that fucking one. Your hands aren't tied. Get in there. Earn your fucking $9,000 that I gave you. <laughs> but uh, th- this is where we get lots of spinning. So Chris slash Black Ninja, now they're just in like that weird like like girdle slash you know harness yeah. thing. We already talked about it. He's yeah. Spinning. And yeah. they're spinning around and everywhere. And Chris is, you actually hear Chris start begging out. She's like, please forgive me and everything. But then the be- demons. Demon starts giggling. He's a giggler. Yeah. Well, of course he is. <laughs> and evil is. So, yeah. And then he's just like, this is low pants. Like, this is what? Well, or uh, what's his name? Mi- Mi- uh, Miyashami? Miyashima. <laughs> 
He's just like, I don't know what to tell you. All I can tell you is one thing, and this is, is a nice callback to Revenge of the Ninja. There's only one thing that can destroy a ninja. A ninja. And we're like, fuck yeah. Now we're finally going to get Shokazugi. Yeah, back to foreshadow. And lo and behold, next scene, Shokazugi, he's lurking at the police station. He's at the back where the medical examiners are, and they do all the autopsies. This is the first scene we really get to see of show in action. Right. Was this not the greatest relief of this movie for you? Yeah. Show's pretty convincing, I think, in most of his scenes, but the longer the better. He, I, mean, I mean, he does he does well in the shorts, short bits, but like, yeah, when you can see what he's doing. But I think he also had a hand in some of the fight choreography. He had to have, you know what I mean? He's too much of a oh, yeah. set heavyweight to yeah. to leave it all up to the Lambert, you know what I mean? So it was but, just. Yeah, I would, yeah, Lambert actually said that. It's funny you mentioned that in the scene. This is where he mentions this. He's like, "Yes, show was in charge." He's like, "He's like my job was only to like for uh, what's that blocking and shit where you got to be on the right spot." Right. Like, that's right. what I told him. But you know, he he he, he did his own fight choreography. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he also helped Furstenberg. Like I think Furstenberg had never seen any martial arts movies before he directed Part Two. And I think that's where he said he hung out with Shokusugi and Shokusugi okay. gave him all these books and like really kind of gave him like a crash course in martial arts because that was, he didn't know how to shoot action movies. You know what I mean? That was his, I think Re- oh. Revenge of the Ninja was his second or his first action movie. So that he didn't know how to shoot them to that's the, the knowledge of show, man, it's bringing it to the show. Show needs to go around and show people how to shoot action movies That's again. That's why it's such bullshit that he has such a short career. I don't know why a people do. Showworth's career? Show no. <laughs> so we get a little he's like taking but he's not killing any cops. No, he's, he's not killing them out. anybody. He's making sure not to kill them. And he's just taking them out because he's gotta he's gotta see the body of the black ninja for himself. So he takes him out, he go he takes all these cops out. He goes in the back. The, the Emmys are just chilling, smoking a cigarette, you know, talking shop. All right. He does a little move where he gestures them to him, and then he does a little... He does it so perfectly. This is so good, because he's just like, like an annoyed, like, come here. And the people are just like, we're on our break here. It's our 10th break of the day. Give us a break. And, you know, <laughs> you're expecting a Kit Kat to be broken out, because, you know, that's what you do when you're on a break. So they get up, they walk over, and show just like double flips them, and they're knocked out forever. No, he doesn't. He just lightly taps their heads together like a three. Oh, that's right. He does. Yeah. He bonks them. Oh yeah. my god! And then he does that. He does an eye roll, and then Lord he... have mercy, Jimmy Valiant's though. Then he opens up the uh, the freezer, sees the the riddled bullet riddled body of the Black Ninja. And yeah, he, he takes had a fucking body. giant scar down his chest too. Well, yeah, they did an autopsy. That's the whole point of the scar. Oh, okay. They, they sewed him back. Remember, up. male organs are on the front of the body. Yeah, of course. So you're gonna cut <laughs> the chest. You know this. We we always say men are from Mars, women are from Venus, but it's just our organs are in front, theirs are in right. back. Right. Yeah. That's right. Grabs the body, throws it in a hearse, takes it to the old Japanese temple on the mountain in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, of course. I mean, you guys, you have one of those in Austin, Texas, right? Several, yeah. We're a yeah. bit bigger than Phoenix, so we have a couple okay. of those. They kind of, they border the city. Right. We are, of course, we have multiple of them in the Detroit metro area. It's just, 
that's just what you do. It's very respectful. Yeah, especially if you have extensive degrees of Asianic arts. Right. Or Asianic got, divisions. Where, where else are you yeah. going to dispose of a ninja body but in a Japanese temple? We all know that. Right. The only way. That's 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 day number two in ninja, ninjutsu class. How to dispose of a ninja body. That's right. Yeah. So that's good. You're right. It is day two. Right. We learned some of it on day one as well, but day two is when we get our hands real dirty. Yeah, I figured mm-hmm. day one was kill the ninja. Day two is to dispose of the body. See, I'm starting to think that you have some ninja background that you're not leading on to here. Ancient Chinese secret. I like it. Chinese ninja. A Chinese ninja. (laughs) 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 Not to be confused with the Thai ninja or Filipino ninja. (laughs) Well, we have an American ninja, so why not? I agree. There's also Mexican ninjas. There's, There's all sorts. Detroit ninja. Right. I think they're jugg- I think those are called juggalos, but I'm not really sure. <laughs> we don't speak. Of those. course, our ninja would be a juggalo, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. Better than a kid rock fan. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Nice <laughs> exactly. Uh so now Chris, she goes back to the police station. She's been, this is her like fifth time. For someone who hates cops, she loves hanging out at the yeah, police station. Yeah, she loves hanging out. Free coffee. There's M&Ms all over the floor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's... especially the men's bathroom. But you don't want to eat those. No, no. She's back in looking for yeah. Billy. Billy, they're chilling. They're talking. She's oh, she's she, she is loving this yogurt. She's all in on the yogurt because when after you've had a demonic possession, you need some of that some of that protein. Right. That one it's woman. Yeah. yeah, the one woman who was in the Halloween movies, uh, Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis yeah. She's like the yogurt spokesman. Uh-uh. No, it should be this woman. She's got the little... Now she's, you can tell she's getting more possessed because she has the little white strands in her hair. That is the most fantastic. I love that look. Maybe I'm just really into possessed women? I don't know. Okay. But she's just sitting on Billy's desk eating that yogurt, and this is where two more cops that were involved with the Black Ninja's murder show up. We get the black cop with the stogie, played by Steve Lambert. Yep. And we get a Hispanic cop, also played by Steve Lambert. Yeah, I don't know how they was it an Hispanic cop or was it an Asian cop? I think it was. A I, I saw Hispanic. Yeah, we'll just call him Chanchez. Chanchez, got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> she has another fucking ninja PTSD flashback. She Back recognizes these guys. Yeah, and they're like, and they they drop the the exposition that hey, Frank Costanza's uh, funeral is happening later today. We're going. We're off to do go do it do it right now. And she's like, I don't know. She gets an idea, right? So she's like, oh, well, I got to go back home. I think I left my stove on. And we get back to her house, and we see that she is again trying to fight back the inner demon, but she can't do it. Even her greatest tunes can't fight it back. No, she 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 gets split in half, doesn't it? The sword floats out of the yeah, closet and cut. I think that's the first time. That's probably. Uh, I can't think of any other movie where you see a stereo system get sliced in half. Oh, that was another really nice canon special effects with the stereo being played by Steve Lambert getting cut in half. And right. very that's impressive. Her, that's her go-to move when she's feeling like she's going to get possessed. She's got to dance. Right. So she puts on the boombox, the stereo. Right. 
And it's then, the same way that... And then the, the, the Black Ninja's like, oh, no, we've been here too many times. Just think Classic. about this. It's because this is canon for the universe is whenever you have a spirit or a feeling in you that you need to fight back against, you dance it out. So, like, think about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Think about breaking. Think about breaking. It's like... So, did I pronounce it right, Paul? Is it that was better. That was better. Yeah. Less G, oh, yeah. less G. <laughs> so it's like uh, our gay character in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, when he was trying to, when he was coming to the terms that he was gay, he tried to dance it out. That's right. I she's remember com- that. Yeah. That great she's scene. She's coming to terms that she's got a demon in her, so she's trying to dance it out. That's the out. one thing about the 80s. All her problems just we saw by dancing. Footloose. Well, Footloose. Dance. The dancing is replaced by something in every air. Right now it's TikToking. So everybody's trying to TikTok out their demons now. Yeah, isn't that what TikTok? I don't know. I'm 48. Is it TikTok? Is just people creating new dances they want to be fi- it's, popular, it's, right? It's different, like 48 second material. Okay. So it, it can depend. When else would I mean? If we ever needed a time for the Black Ninja to show up and slice people in half, it would be in TikTok videos. <laughs> right. So oh, she, gets, uh, she gets she uh, gets sucked into the like Poltergeist. She gets sucked into the closet. This is this the whole her whole uh, uh, apartment was just a set. It was built on like a like a, a set that could like tilt. So yep. that's why she's like sliding. It's very cool. Yeah, she does try to run under. I wonder if that's like a similar set apparatus to Breakin Two. Yeah. Isn't that what they used in Breakin Two? And he's doing. I, like I wouldn't the, be surprised if they used the exact same set. Yeah, you're right. Which they probably took. Well, I think it was the same kind of on a gimbal or something, like from Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yeah. Turning the room upside down. So now we got Bill. He's he's like, I guess I got to go to Frank's funeral. So he shows up at the funeral. Not dressed like Glendale. a slob. Not in Phoenix. Glendale. Ooh. You're right. Glendale. Glendale, Arizona. They wanted to make sure you knew that. And he's dressed oh. very well for a funeral. He's like wearing shorts and flip flops. Yes, of course. Right. Right. And then, uh, is this, the, this is the first time we see uh, Chris. No, we don't know what I'm talking about. She's dressed like the ninja when she attacked the guy at his, his uh, home, the pool. Yes. Guy. But she's dressed up in the ninja outfit again. She's on the full on uh, ninja guard that we saw our black ninja uh, originally go to the cave and put on. Right. Right. Well, he notices her van. He notices her work truck, not the company's yeah. work truck. Her work van goes, checks it out, and opens it up because, you know, he's. he's uh, Maybe she's a freelance fixer yeah so maybe yeah. it is hers and she's on your that- own ride that's what she left that co-worker of hers in the back fuck them right. so but you're right no bill finds that uh that telephone van and he looked in there and she has brought so much ninja shit with her that she can't even bring it all with her <laughs> yeah she she ran out of the room no more pockets in her uh <laughs> in her ninja gi which you know there's plenty of pockets in those things. I'm not going to tell you how many exactly, but there's lots of oh. secret compartments. It's like gotta, it's like it's like a cargo. It's like cargo pants, but like in a full outfit, you know. And of course, that's what you know. When I was in my junior high school days, that's what I thought of when I was wearing cargo pants. Was I'm a ninja with flaming hot Cheetos in my pockets? <laughs> so she climbs up a tree. Or I should say Steve Lambert climbs up a tree. Yes, of course. And pulls out. We finally get to see the He's bone arrow. Very feminine eye. Like just that eye gap. Steve Lambert's eye gap is very feminine. 
Yeah. You know what I noticed too is that she climbs the thing so much slower with the ninja tools as opposed to when she had her phone <laughs> her phone tools. I thought like this is this is fucking weird. Like why she's she's it's like it's a great. lot more difficult for her to climb this thing as a ninja than when she was Not, just oh. a regular telephone operator. Not to mention a minute later when she just like jumps forty five feet into a tree. But yeah, let's go ahead and ignore that because we got a funeral and we need to be quiet for the funeral. That's right. I need to be respectful. Be respectful. Yeah, be respectful. Moment of silence for the sleazy cop who was found in a hot tub with two prostitutes. <laughs> There's nothing yeah. better on a uh, an a, a oral uh, venue medium than to have a moment of silence. Well, we don't have a moment of silence. So oh, the first shit. thing they want to do is a 21-gun salute, and that's the perfect cover for the Black Ninja because she pulls out the bone arrows, and just as they shoot the first the, the first of the 21 uh, shots, arrow right to the neck of, what, what did you call him, Chanchez? Chanchez, that's right. He's taken out, and then all He's hell breaks loose. She just starts firing arrows willy-nilly, just hitting people, hits the black cop with a cigar. Well, he starts firing into the sky, right? They start shooting up all blindly, not really sure where this onslaught's coming from. And then he moves out of the way, and another, like some nerd cop behind him actually gets the arrow first. Just innocent bystander, probably had nothing to do with the opening scene. And then he starts shooting into the sky again, and then he gets the arrow into the chest, eats the stogie, comes out his ass. He's fucking done. And then they're still shooting away. I think she is this when she flips out of the tree. Yeah, flips and out starts of the tree. On the run, and all the cop cars start chasing after her where she swings back. Where she, she swings back up into a tree, right? And they shoot yeah. the branch, and then she, she lands on the roof. Right. And picks <laughs> up some more cops. Then she runs like into just like the, the cemetery and the cops well this is what i love the cops show up with a car they open the trunk and it's not full of guns it's full of nightsticks yeah <laughs> yeah you're the supply guy you're like fucking jobber cop and he starts handing out nightsticks to everybody and they start demolishing people's tombstones these are just bashing yeah. them now, did you notice the name on one of like that first tombstone that gets beat down i feel like I feel like that was the editor's name or somebody. Yeah, on the well, yeah. it was. I think it was the assistant director or something. Or the, yeah, okay, this is yeah. It was one of the production guys' names, right? That they made yeah. on that tombstone, right? Because yeah. it was made out of like, like everything styrofoam. about that first tomb stood out. Yeah. They yeah. definitely made a point of it. Yeah, but fuck the tombstones, fuck the dead. No respect. They just yeah, bash them tombstone all to shit. Sucks now. <laughs> yeah, a hell of a nightstick. I mean, we're—I mean, obviously they're made out of styrofoam, but it, you're—it's supposed to be marble, and that's pretty, pretty rough. That's what you have to keep. Those are special nightsticks. You have to keep them in the back of a trunk all together. I, I, I really that's appreciate right. this about these cops is that they're like, we need to beat some ass. Let's get the nightsticks out. So you know what? <laughs> let's give it. Let's give it to these cops. Right. I agree. So she gets away. And but not from show. Show follows, and she leaps over a fence, and then I, I like show. He takes off his jacket because there's a barbed wire on the top of the fence. He lays his jacket on the barbed wire, but he doesn't need to do that because he just he does a show over it. Yeah, he does a, a fucking, 
double yeah. gainer, you know, without swan any momentum. He just flat jumps. Swanton bomb. Up. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Let's not talk Jeff Hardy right now. I mean, come on. So it's it's fascinating how he jumps over this and everything. Um so now we're of course working in an abandoned house. It's a crack house. Because we've seen that abandoned factories have been bought up by single white ladies who are really into aerobics. So it's like, what's the next venue? Single family homes that are abandoned and apparently like dilapidated and everything. Because they have. This was like an unfinished home. It was totally. You think they're building it up still? And they just happen to put fucking sinks and ovens and (laughs) showers in there? Boards on the windows, so it feels like it was like a condemned, like they had like to the, be. the cemetery my... backed up to like the ghetto almost, the ghettos yeah. of Phoenix, ghettos exactly. of Glendale, I guess. Exactly, Paul, you're 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 seeing my point here. It's just this was dilapidated. This was is dilapidated. a <laughs> It's not. It's not coming up. It's going down. No. Yeah. Yeah. The scrappers got to this house. The scra- there's, well, there's no copper. Yeah, there's no copper. You didn't see any copper. No. And half the fucking boards were just blown out, too. Right. And show's about to learn that. And it just so happens that because, of course, Black Ninja, his mind is fused with uh, Chris's mind. He knows that all these Arizona houses are just dilapidated as fuck. So he knows about the, the, the uh, pitfalls and everything. So he's got a one-up in here. See, I felt like this scene also showed Shokasugi's, I don't know, how, like his shortcomings as a true ninja because his, his like awareness, his surrounding like awareness is not the best here either. Yeah. Um, oh, he has, know, no eye. he has no depth for sure. With the slit that he can see through, he's a fake Cyclops. So he can, he, you know, you would think a ninja would know that a ninja would be hiding up and the ceiling rafters above you, but it, it completely catches him by surprise. Then she jumps down, actually lands a kick on him. Uh, I was, I was kind of confused by his, his uh, credibility, his street, his Phoenix street cred as a ninja. Because, I want to say that show mm-hmm. is trying to make it believable that he would lose a fight to a woman. He so, knows he's a, she's oh a boy. woman. So he's kind of, <laughs> oh he's selling too much. But then he gets like knocked down the stairs, and then I thought it was funny how it's basically like a thin slice of wood is coming down as if it was a guillotine. Yeah, it was, it was one. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Lambert said he's like, "Hey, low budget, you, you use what you got." So we just use it, it, it's a fucking ECW hardcore match basically breaks out because garbage cans are flying, kendo sticks, everything. I I went. I thought it was a little overkill when when Show pulled out the, the bag of tacks and threw it on the ground. I'm like, we don't need that. <laughs> We've seen it's enough overkill. tack action in this movie. Right. Yeah. The tack ring that yeah. she had earlier. It's like, oh. come on. We still have more attacks to come. That's what disappoints me. And so, yeah, <laughs> he falls through. like, like she, He gets thrown. Oh, my God. I'm going to do my best <laughs> JR here. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Bagal. Bagal. Doesn't, doesn't he jump up through the floor, I think? Yes, he does. Yeah. he does. Yeah. Or, or should I say Steve Lambert does? <laughs> Steve <laughs> Lambert. Because he really did. That's not even a joke. He's like, yeah, I did that stuff. Yeah, of right course there. he did. Because, of course, they reversed it. He really went down, but then they just reversed it. So That's it right. Like, there was, they used that a lot, though, for the flips and everything, yeah. like, up on the – okay, yeah. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, but then he does fall through, and then he gets he gets impaled on a splinter. Yeah, that's, that's, that was good. Guys, that's the worst. Splinters. That's good. I but he take... sells it. He sells it well. You know what I mean? He's yeah, he's yeah. not he's not like one of these AEW fuckwads. Like he actually <laughs> sells it. Well, we didn't and... say that. A guest came on our show and said that. Well, he would know better than anybody. He probably knows some of these guys. Yeah, oh, unfortunately. So then he, yeah, he actually. He actually sells the splinter, I thought, very reminiscent of uh, I'm going to get you, sucker. And <laughs> um, I dug that. I dug that because it showed, you know, you never want a lead, like, especially like your main kind of hero guy. You never want him to be invincible. Like, that was my problem with probably with like Best of the Best Three. Um which I don't know if you remember that, best of the best problem. three. That's our problem with Seagal. He never sells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never sells. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like you can't. Like I think if you watch Best of the Best Three, it's it's Philip Ree, who's I think he directed it and he wrote it. But it's like he basically goes to this small town. He's fighting a bunch of racists. I I legitimately can't remember him even taking one hit in this whole movie, and it just it was so unbelievable. So you gotta have your main guy sell and look like he's somewhat in peril, even if it is right. from just like, you know, a splinter or something. But just, just to I make dig a, a yeah. little relatable. I mean, right. uh, I'm I'm in the middle of like uh, a guy's like 45 hour critique of the Star Wars Episode Seven, <laughs> and he's just talking about you know, of course, Ray and all the other characters and everything, and how it's like. How is anybody supposed to relate to Ray? Because Ray is immediately good at everything she does. Right. She's, she's like, you think that they're building it up where she's going to be into Han Solo. And instead of being the Luke Skywalker of the new, the sequels, she's going to be the Han Solo. And they're going to have somebody else be the Han or uh, the, the, the Obi-Wan. And they're like, oh, right. no, she's going to be everything in one. And right. then double that, and then triple that, and so yeah, no, you're, just, just you're just explaining why we all hate modern action movies because yeah. they don't do that shit. Yeah, anymore. they've forgotten all about this art of being like we want to relate, we want to relate to Bob Odenkirk, we want to be like the 58 year old guy just trying to go get a pizza, gets jumped, and his Buffalo Bills fucking starter jacket gets blown up on him, and he has uh, to murder people. Get really it. personal with that. I know. One. I'm sorry. It was too personal. Ah, <laughs> uh, so. So, Selling drives the story forward. We'll just leave it at that. Really? Selling drives the story forward, right? Exactly. Well, Thank yeah, what, you, what, What's the point <laughs> of watching it if there's no vulnerability? You're just like, why, am, exactly. why, do, I, why do I care about this guy? They're going to win, yeah. Oh. Anyways. Which makes a Jack Burton a perfect lead character, even though he's the sidekick. I know you're not the biggest Jack Burton Moccasins fan. No, I just but... no, 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 no. You're just representing me now. How dare you? I love Jack Burton. I hate the moccasins. Yes. But hey, babe, you can't have Jack without the moccasin boots. Yes, we could. If I was one You see Jack Burton wearing flip flops or like some caterpillars? No. He needs to have the goddamn moccasin boots. You see what I'm saying? That's part of why he shoots the ceiling. It lands on his head. He's the biggest, like, klutz blowhard. It's perfect because he's wearing his goddamn I, moccasin I boots. Think, I think I pointed that out, too. I was like, I said, I hate it. 
But I think I, I, I know where they're going with it. I right. think I did. I don't yeah. know. Go check out that episode, people. Big Trouble in China. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I still don't like it. And I never will like it. All right? Okay. Well, yeah. Never okay. see me in a pair of moccasins. Hold on. Hold on. Let's all breathe. They're practically tabby boots for Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> We're breathing together for a moment here. We're going to persevere. We're going to get through this movie. We're approaching the nine-hour mark here. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get through this movie. All right. So they have finally squ- – wait, are we at the point where they finally square up in the attic of this fucking dilapidated house? No, they're done. They, they're, they're done? done? They're done. The fight is done. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he impaled himself on that – he's a vampire apparently. Yes. He impaled himself on that stake. And Chris has jumped off the window. Off the, or, or should I say Steve Lambert jumped off the window. Exactly. He did. did a great flip. Yeah, he was the window. And Steve yeah. Lambert actually said – he's like – yeah, I twisted my left ankle. You know what I did? I finished the movie on my right ankle. Ooh. Baller, motherfucker. Fucking baller. That's badass. And so show was left there as the sirens arrive, because right. that's why Chris escaped. She heard the sirens. She's like, I need to get the fuck out. Black Ninja even knows. Like, oh, those sirens? Let me get the fuck out of here. So now show is just decided, I'll go ahead and get myself captured. He walks out, hands crossed over the wrist. He's like, hey. My hands are my hands are tied, and so of course that's how police one hundred and one. That's how you. And know. The, police, the police see a person who's not white, they go arrest him. This so is the do. first time <laughs> racial profiling worked out properly, because well, Billy, not, it didn't work out properly at all, but it worked out for show's plan. Yeah. Right, he right. took advantage of their innate races. Right, because they're like, we're gonna book this guy, and I'm not gonna use any kind of slang that they use here. We're just gonna let it stand. But it just so happens that Billy arrives, and he goes. That man right there, he looks a little slanty. I bet he's a ninja. <laughs> and that was even a little too far. And there was a nice little touch. That. We see the telephone truck drive by in the background. We did. That yeah. was beautiful. And remind Have me, you ever seen this? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh I was just going to say, it reminds me a little too much of the Ninja Turtles van. But anyways. Well, she's, a, she's predating April O'Neil. I mean, she yeah. has a similar look. Yeah, I just never really seen a cop say, "Let me, uh, let me talk to him for a second and get in the <laughs> back seat mm-hmm. with the perpetrator." <laughs> like, I, I mean, that, I think that shed a lot of balls for old uh, old Billy. And the um, fact he didn't bring any of his like uh, dissuasion tools, he didn't bring a Coca Cola, he didn't bring an right. M M&M with him, like nothing, right. nothing, <laughs> nothing, not a fortune cookie, nothing. Like, didn't try to lure him in any way. It was uh, a little ballsy for for Billy. I think he's starting to starting to be influenced by his girlfriend of five days. Yep, five and days. So yeah, so, so he, you know. But I thought that was interesting. And then you know, you get like the the little glance at the handcuffs. Like, well, how is he going to meet him? Right? Because he wants him to meet him at the temple on the edge of town, like the only Asian temple. And now I'm sure Phoenix has grown, and they might have like two temples now. <laughs> but. I would be curious to see if that was a legitimate temple in Phoenix or I can't imagine they built that just for now the interior of that temple, maybe, but like, I can't no, imagine that, they built that. Yeah. Temple. That was, that was, that wasn't a real temple. That was a painting. It was, oh, uh, that's too bad. Bro. What? Uh, yeah. Karen and does it again. Fooled me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, this, yeah. cool, this is where we get to the cool. Uh, yeah. He's like, meet me, grab your, grab your woman of five days mm-hmm. and Lord. meet me at the temple. Well, Billy, first yeah. to break the ice, Billy goes, is it true? You guys shit in holes. And, yeah. and he's like, <laughs> yes, we do. It's the quickest. I recommend a chair folded on its side. 
inside. <laughs> uh, the same man taught me that when he was coming a beer over his forehead. He said, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this all makes sense. And, you know, you're speaking to Billy's tone. He really loves that fucking mud show shit. So yeah. he's like, I love this. You're like, yeah. you're speaking to me. I'm the biggest Taz fan around. <laughs> You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't pick up on the mic, but when they were fighting in the thing, Billy was there watching, and he was going, holy shit. Holy yeah. shit. You deserve it. <laughs> yeah, when they arrest him, he does that. Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. No. Let's finish this movie. <laughs> okay. So now we know that Shohei has told them, hey, you need to get sword and woman. Right. That's everything to this temple. And yeah, don't worry about me. I know you can't get me out of here easily. So just let me do my thing. And so is this next shot just him in the back of the uh, squad car? Yeah. Okay. There were three cops and this is where he, you, he shows you the, the utilization of that patch scabbard yep. sheath whole thing on his eye. It has a name. I can't remember what the name of it is, but I don't want to, it's like Subi or oh, something no, I- like yeah, I don't know anything like that. Yeah, that was third day. But yeah, so he he pulls like he he doesn't he pulls out a little like a little pricker. Here's another tack, right? I think that he yep. pulls out. Well, he pulls out the little blow gun first. You know what? I bet it was. Oh, that's right. It was a, it was a Bene Gesserit from fucking Doom. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, he pulls out. Yeah, he pulls nice. out. The, he, he's got a tiny little fucking uh, blow dart. Yeah nonchalantly just shoots it into the kills this, these cops are just doing their job now he's ready to just murder people as far as we know right. we don't know what these it could be do. it could be a sleep kind of thing i mean we know from dune that the tiny needle tells the tiny truth so maybe yeah. these cops were just having to face something that they couldn't face before i don't know fear itself oh. and then he pulls out like a little <laughs> like dart thing or something and lightly taps the guy in the front seat that was the, the benny jesuit man yeah yeah and and then like the, the driver pulls out a gun and starts. He like nonchalantly knocks the gun away. At least he stops and puts he, the car in park. He kicks him from the back seat, which I thought was actually pretty impressive. That was one of the more impressive show moves. Is he kicks him while handcuffed from the back seat in the face? I mean, uh, and then it, how does he kill him? In the is he claw him in the face or no? That's the first first verse. I don't think he kills him. I, I I think what he does is he adjusts, like a chiropractor, he adjusts his neck for him to go to sleep for the next 14 minutes. Okay, that's right, because he needs the guy's mm-hmm. keys to get out of the handcuffs because he doesn't have uh, any more tools in his toolbox eye patch. How many oh, things? Only so many tools you can hide in your eye sock. Exactly. That's right. Um, that's I right. Know. He's all out. So now... Bill goes, he, he's got to get Chris. So he goes to, back to Spencer's. And <laughs> gun she, drawn. Right? And he she's has like a gun covered drawn. in bruises now. She's like fucked up. Well, he gets a moment alone to go through. Well, he goes through a little bit more than he should. And Murray, by the way, I'm against this. Even you know what? I'm gonna, when fight. it comes to saving your girlfriend from demonic possession, I will allow you to go through someone's closet. Okay. But, oh, okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Because he's, but he's, only with his demonic possession. He's boy. going through all of her shit. He's oh. going through the underwear drawer first. Yeah, well, yeah, and then he's going through the teenage undergarments drawer that she has because she's kept those as a relic. Yeah, training undergarments. Yeah, yeah excuse me. He was me. looking for the schoolgirl underwear. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, in Japan, you can get these out of a. Out of a <laughs> well, that's what he's thinking. I could sell these on the street for at least forty five dollars. <laughs> Pay that- contraband. Yeah. <laughs> so and- yeah, he's he find and then he goes to the closet and he sees the katana laying right on there and he goes to grab it and then that's when Chris comes out. What are you doing? Chris is like me. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? We go through my shit. Like, oh, nothing, nothing. It's funny how whenever you go to the bathroom, you catch me when I'm touching the swords in your closet. It's mm. just weird how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Leave my swords alone. I can't. And then she's like you said, she's covered in bruises from that fucking vicious fight she had with right with eye Joe, bruises. Fucking which, which immediately go away, bullies. by the way, in the next scene. Well, yeah. Uh, ninja healing is that a thing too? Yes, absolutely. That's part of the V8. Adds to the nutrients. Quick healing. Just pour some V8 on. It's like putting a steak on your eye. You just put some V8 <laughs> on your bruise. Yeah. bruise goes away. So, so, someday we'll really uh, square you down for some ginseng secrets. We know all about ginseng and its properties. So, so Chris, like most cops, freaks out and pulls his gun on her because she's like, what are you doing? And then the ninja takes over and knocks Chris down. And then slashes at him and stops right before it. This actually, this scene was actually Shokazugi did it. And I guess the guy who played Billy was like, "Yeah, Shokazugi was like cracking up because he's like almost killing me, and I'm freaking out because I'm scared he's going to hit me with his sword." But obviously, Show's a fucking pro. He knows what he can right, come within right, right. a hair of hitting you. So he was he, Show had a good laugh at that. But yeah, so we can see that she's she's still fighting her love of her life for five five days now. Five days. Five days. Boyfriend, love of her life. She She's already him. told him too, hasn't she? I love you. Like, isn't is oh. it? Has she said that before, or is that in this scene? Oh no, you're right. You're dead on. No, multiple times she's already said you, you, you are the what? It, what is the old uh, Game of Thrones line? You're the moon of my stars, or something. You're my Calathazar, or whatever. <laughs> Um, she she's getting into all that fucking heavy shit, and she's like, "You'll get that soon when Game of Thrones is on HBO." Yeah. <laughs> so she takes out. Apparently, she's in control now because she's going to the Japanese temple, and Billy chases her. Literally, just skids out and says, "Fuck it, I'm out. I can't. I can't do anything." I guess I got to do this on foot now. I don't know. And we know what cops feel about doing any work on feet. You don't do it. No. No. Yeah. yeah. And so now we're at the temple. Show shows up with the body of the of the black ninja. Show enough. Brings him in. And then, like five minutes later, Chris shows up, and so we got the we got the ninja body laid out. We're following Chris now as she wanders through the yeah. temple. Um, show actually does talk with the monks that are there and go, "Look, I need to use your place for a, a fight. Can you like skedaddle and get out?" Gonna be and cool. Like, hey, we we understand. Right. You guys can stand back, stand behind pillars or statues or something. Just you know, make yeah. yourself scarce. Try not to get possessed. It really works against oh. me. Come on. He's got one request. Don't get possessed. That's it. Paul, that's perfect foreshadowing. That's perfect. I know. That's fucked. (laughs) So we get the body, and uh, what happens here, Griff? Well, she gets to the body, and that's when show <laughs> show reveals himself. Show shows himself. Okay, and this is where they have like a quick little dialogue because it's like, yeah, he's he's the ninja who's in you right now, and she's like, I don't have a ninja. You have a ninja. Yeah, no, you got a ninja in you. Why do you think you're so good at that fucking bodyguard video game you play, bouncer? Yeah, yeah. 
It's because you got a fucking black ninja in you, girl. Just and you're Asian, your fest, your love for Japanese arts or whatever. Your preoccupation with Japanese culture. <laughs> exactly. You're a weird. You know what? When you just said Black Ninja, I just can't think of how great would a movie starring Steve James called Black Ninja have been? They did have a Black Samurai starring uh, Jim Kelly. That's true, but we're, we're talking about Steve James. <laughs> James got fucked. He's a few notches above Jim Kelly. I don't know, okay, we're going to have to stop right there, because I'm a big Jim Kelly guy, and you don't talk about Black Samurai that way, man. Come on, hot potato. Uh, wasn't Jim Kelly a failed uh, quarterback? No, what you no, he was a champion tennis player. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, now, now we're changes. speaking my language here. Yeah, champion and doubles coach. Yeah, there was a Jim Kelly football player. Is, yeah, no, wait, who had is, nothing on William the Fridge Perry, but is um, Will Smith yeah. playing him in this Serena and Venus Williams no. movie? Oh, I don't know. That. That's okay. He's not a he's not I, good enough. He couldn't beat me. I, no, I, I actually no. met Jim Kelly. He was a nice guy. I met him too at a karate con- or some martial arts convention, him and Bob Wall. Bob. And you're right, he was super nice. Bob yeah. Wall uh, was uh, white martial artist in a lot of those Bruce Lee films. Oh, yeah, Bob Wall was the, the, yeah, he was yeah. the guy from Enter the Ninja that rapes his sister or whatever, tried to rape the, the, the other one was Enter the Dragon. Yeah, he's got the, the scar across his yeah. face. Yeah. And he was and, also and That was in, a great uh, scene because that's where Bruce Lee just bitch slaps him to death. He doesn't even let him get in on like a hit. I, he starts he start slapping the shit out of man. him. He's also in uh, Game of Death at the uh, uh, he's one of the white He's the one of them white bad guys in Game of Death who gets killed in the locker room. Um, yeah, Bob Wall recently passed away just last year. Goddamn COVID! All right, Griff, lead us <laughs> through this. All right, so now that we're being explained on the ninja rules, because this is what show has to tell Chris. Yeah, because don't they? They Chris and I thought no, I thought Chris and show fight. Okay, but first they have a dialogue. I didn't think they had any dialogue. I thought he was talking with Billy about yeah, that. I no, know. there is a dialogue, right, because yeah. she is, she asks if, if it'll kill her. Okay. He's like, you must trust me. Right. Or something, he, or like, something like that. Go ahead. He, he explains to her that she's got this demon in her, and it's this black ninja, the one that's right before her, the one that's... Who, by the way, to... never wears black through the entire movie. Never, except... I love black, that. Black ninja liner. That's True. the only thing. <laughs> I don't... I don't imagine. Wasn't the ninja from uh, American Ninja called the Black Ninja too? The villain, Black Star Ninja. We're never getting through this episode. No, we're not. This is purgatory <laughs> for us now. I don't sure. remember what was American Ninja. Yeah, Amer- wasn't the called the Black Ninja too? The he had the little. I think he was called the Black Star Ninja. Okay, I don't remember. Murray, we did that probably two years ago. Probably three years ago. We're on so. four years of this show, yeah. so you. Can't... I know it's, it's episode two hundred. Yeah. Okay. Can That's we... why we're going to make it two hundred minutes. Can we do this? <laughs> can we do this? Yeah, let's get it. We're right at the end. <laughs> we're so close. All right. The years, see, see, Paul. Usually, oh this God. is my position where I'm doing what he's doing because he is rambling <laughs> on about shit. I'm like, can we get this done? So it's a good turnaround, right here. Nice. All right. <laughs> All right, finish up, Griff. I can't. I can't even concentrate anymore. I don't know where that turnaround okay. is. Fair play, by the way. Um. Oh my God. And so, show is explaining the ninja rules because look, 
unlike the Star Wars universe, which has no rules anymore, thanks to Disney, the fucking canon ninja universe has very strict rules, and show is explaining those. You have this ninja in you. We need to extrapolate it out of you. It's very much like Ghostbusters, but there is a chance I have to fucking murder your body, which harnesses your brain, and you will die. And she's like, that's pretty spooky, but go ahead. And so she's laying there all calm, but then Black Ninja takes over, and now we get a big old fight. And not a really big old fight, but a pretty quick fight. Well, it goes all over the place. First, they're fighting in the temple. Yes. And then they take it outside. Well, no, what happens is... No, he... Yeah, go ahead. The monks come to watch... And then the black uh, ninja pulls out like a fireball in his hand, throws it at the monks, and it possesses them. Because the fight ends pretty quickly between uh, Ninja Chris and Sho. Yeah. Sho is way better than her. Right. He leg sweeps her, it knocks her down, and then you see like a ghosty uh, essence leave her body and go into uh, the red cloth corpse of the black ninja. So the Black Ninja resurrects. Murray's what? looking at me like he's never seen this movie. No, I'm just asking because like, it makes absolutely no fucking sense. So, like, why did the ghost leave her body? Why no? Why did the ghost leave his body? If he, he if, essentially he's immortal. What did he? Does, does the ninja come back? If he, as long as he just leaves his body and then comes back to it, he can come back to life. Paul, anything? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> That, that was is day four day. training. Day four. Day Resurrection. Four, okay. Jesus was in That's right. Oh, if you were in peril and you get killed, don't worry. You can always come back to your body as it's just a vestal. Yeah. We learned that from Easter. Yeah, don't worry. Uh, if you guys didn't download this the first time Jesus around, was the first ninja is all I'm saying. Yeah, we're just re-releasing this episode on Easter because fuck you guys. <laughs> Listen to this episode. The new Easter. <laughs> this episode's going to be as long as uh, the Ten Commandments, anyway. So. Exactly. Yeah. We might be done by Easter. <laughs> we might. Yeah, we are two days away from Easter at this point in recording. <laughs> so, all right. So now he's entered his old body again. Now the fight is on. Right. But it's not because shows like I can take care of you with one hand, tie- one eye, but tied behind my back. Sure. So he's beating the shit out of the ninja, and then he's like, oh, fuck, I guess I got to call in my backup, my goons, my goon squad. So he possesses the monks. Right. And then Sho just takes care of them, and he runs away, doesn't he? He, like, runs out of the temple. Right. So Sho, he exercises the monks. They're fine. He doesn't kill any of them, and he chases after them. So now we're, like, in the mountains. But then when they leave the building or the temple, Billy tries to look tough. And heads out after as if he's actually going to fucking do anything. He does. He does come in and rescue, quote unquote, rescue Chris first. He like lifts her up and smooches her and is like, look, you're my woman. It's been six days. You can't do this to me. You need to have your beeper on you at all times. You need to respond to every call I send you away. You know our secret message. Uh, What is that? Eight zero zero eight. Um. Uh, six five you know that's you know that that is our beeper page and when i beep that to you you have to respond so she didn't so she's got a he's i don't know i don't know leave this to our imagination what is bill about 
who cares? Because all I'm caring about is show and show and Black Ninja. They're fighting on top of a mountain, but then finally Black Ninja gets the edge on Show and knocks his sword away. Of course he does. But Show doesn't fucking care. It's like I can fight you with my fucking hand. This is everything about Show. We know he's resourceful. He, we know he's probably got some kind of secret weapon in his pocket, but he can fight with anything. So he's fighting with his hands. Right. Yeah. And there's he, literally a part where he's hanging off the side of the cliff and punches up. And I yeah. thought that's even though Black Ninja had his sword with him, this is before he loses his sword. I thought, wow, that's some accurate choreography there, <laughs> hanging from a cliff and punching up at the guy with the sword. But it works because it's fucking Shokasugi. Right. right. And he doesn't need a sword because he's got a chain up behind his eye patch. So he pulls out this, like, he's like, right. a, he's like a magician. He starts pulling this chain yeah, like out of his sleeve. eye. <laughs> And he starts blocking the, the sword with that. And then he, he gets a hold of the sword and flings the Black Ninja sword away. No, excuse me. What he does is he flings his own chain away. Black Ninja comes down with the slash. And he's just like, bitch, I was teasing you. And he catches the blade with oh, his palm. Because in that. every ninja movie, you have to have somebody catch a blade with their palms somehow. That's and not right. like, That's graduation material. Exactly. Wait, so that's that's six, your graduation ceremony. If you can survive that, wait, six, seventh day. <laughs> well, it's like the first day of the second week, but that's how they get you to pay for another week. Oh, so, yeah, that's how you get your. If you survive, day. right? Yeah. So, but the sword flies in front of uh, Chris, right? Right. He t- he grabs it and throws it, and this is where Billy and uh, Chris are watching. Just like our earlier scene when Chris was leaving the gym after she conducted that class and everyone was watching her fu- get in a fight with five guys, now they're wa- you know she's the audience. Yeah, one one thing them. Billy always sticks to is just watching. He's a cop, but he just watches when violence is happening. Well, yeah, he never intervenes. That's the role of a cop is to watch other people murder each other and then go, okay, now I'm going to arrest you because that was assault. <laughs> And she grabs – so they're like – Show and Black Ninja are struggling with each other. So uh, Chris charges at him, stabs him right through the stomach, and we're like, all right, movie's end. He's, he's, she's killed the ninja. It's, it's Movie over, is right? end. No, because this is where Black Ninja taps into the 25th power of the ninja, human drill. We've almost quadrupled the powers of the ninja. Yeah. Well, he's – you got to do the the five we're, five we're, week course. We're getting into get Spider Man territory now. Right. <laughs> so you start. He starts to corkscrewing, drills into the ground, and then an earthquake breaks out. Mountains are crumbling. Show falls off like a cliff. He's hanging by his grappling hook, and uh, he's gonna. He just starts to pull himself up. So we're thinking this is the tension at this movie now is just Show recovering from the sudden like earthquake and everything and. I don't know if anybody else is at the other seat, but I'm not. I no, was just... I was. I did like that he was hanging from the rope, but the ground was like four feet below him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was really bad. I kept wondering, like, why does he just jump down? <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah, we've seen you drop from like eighty-five feet. I, yeah. I a four-foot fall would be fine. Come but on, it's good, good he didn't jump down because below is the Black Ninja. He he, he returned. Yep. And he grabs him there anyways, right? Because he grabs him. Uh, yeah. and go, go ahead. How does he puncture him? Yeah, Show just pulls out another knife out of his behind his eye patch. He's got like a 
six-inch knife. Of course he does. And just stabs him through the top of his head. Well, and the, and then, then the ninja falls. And then, then he falls like 20 feet. It's like we can clearly see show is four feet off the ground. Yeah. And then he falls. <laughs> and then he just disappears like a ninja should when they die. Except in the beginning of the movie where it didn't It's happen. like watching uh, Power Rangers where it's like these things are digitalized. This ninja is just a digital manifestation in this world. What are we? Are we in the Matrix? That's what this movie made me think. Are we in the Matrix? Okay. But I did like when he disappeared, the swords were left in the position yeah. in which he got stabbed. That right. was a good Sam Furstenberg touch. He knew what he was Very doing. Very nice. Show <laughs> yeah. climbs up those last four feet up to where uh, Billy and Chris are. Yeah. <laughs> Does a little move where he's walking away. He turns over his shoulder and goes, it's over. And you know what? That's the perfect time for credits to roll. We have ended it. We get we a beautiful shot it. of him walking off into the sunset. Just like Ryu. Just like Ryu. We haven't done Street Fighter yet. No one knows what Ryu... That was probably the first ninja I fell in love with. The ninja from Ninja Gaiden is Ryu. Uh. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I love you that. prefer arcade version, right? Arcade version Ninja Gaiden was way better, right? I've never played it. I was a, I was a version, you could do like oh, you can do the run backflip up off the phone booths and you're way more acrobatic as opposed to the the NES version where you're just kind of I can't the, Yeah. The NES version was like two you're like you jump and flip and I get that, but you're very acrobatic in the arcade version. I, I, I can't speak to the arcade version. I literally pay to watch a man <laughs> Play Ninja Gaiden for seven hours a day. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of Twitch, so that's that's what. Okay, that nice. Yeah, so if we all want to watch a man play Ninja Gaiden for eight hours a day, just go to Twitch.com/slash Arcus. I think you should actually pay to listen to us talk about Ninja Three Domination for eight hours a day because it's probably because we probably could. We're we're already at forty five hours, so right. that's a week's <laughs> worth. Right. So, so when you're doing, you're taking your ninja training class. When you get home, listen to the Ninja Three Domination episode of Golden Globus Theater. How do we wrap this? Well, first of all, we gotta take time to thank Paul London for doing this with us. Oh man, you guys are too kind. No, thank you. I uh, I prefer, I like to just getting to listen to y'all's enthusiasm as well. <laughs> I want to say, Paul, I, I forgive you for being better looking than me. Uh, uh, appreciating Lauren Abedin. Uh, I don't like that at all. We're not uh, apologizing for that. You will once you see that Baywatch episode, you'll think, okay, he's. I think we already, adorable, but yeah, not as bad. I think we already know what Paul's follow-up episode is going to be. <laughs> well, if he wants to come back, <laughs> I don't yeah, if he wants to come back, yeah, he's just I'd like, love Shit. to. No, it only take about three hours to cover a, a Baywatch. Episode. <laughs> well, it is only forty-five <laughs> minutes, so it'd be like two in an. 95 no, minutes. No, it'd be three hours. He's right. Yeah, he's right. Uh, well, that's my goal is to convince you guys of the greatness of Abaddon. Well, okay. Take a You're more than welcome to convince us. This could be our next segment, the change our minds segment. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> but yeah, all kidding aside, you guys don't realize what a fucking great guy Paul London is. I oh, come on. No, no, no. I'm not, this, I, wait, were you a, were you, you were maybe a, mainly a baby face, right? 
Were you mostly? A heel? Yeah, no. Well, mostly like, I, I don't want to kill your heel heat if you were a heel. Because <laughs> no, no, my heel heat only exists when I meet them face to face. But no, this is um, <laughs> yeah, no, always a baby face, man. Always. <laughs> yeah, because. I, I, I was just saying at the beginning of the year, I was like, I want to get some more diverse guests on and shit. So I noticed, like, because obviously Paul's a fan of these movies we do. So he follows us. We follow each other. And I was like, right. you know what? I'm just going to fucking see if he'll fucking come on the show. I totally expected you to blow me off, dude, which would have been fine, by the way. You don't know the fuck I am from anybody. But no, Paul got back to me and was just like, yeah, I'm totally. There's nothing about us at all. He's like, I'm totally into it. Let's do it. Everything we're about. We want to talk to fun people who want to talk about fun movies. Right. And that's what Canon's all about. You know what I mean? Thank you, Canon Films, for bringing us so many gems that have allowed you guys to reach 200th episode. I'm very flattered and grateful for you guys. you know, presenting it to me um, months ago, but just for and bringing Ninja Three to my my hemisphere because it honestly wasn't one that I would quickly jump on when I was at the video store because I would think like, why is there a girl on a ninja video? This uh, no. Um, so I'm glad y'all brought this to my attention, and it's uh, it's definitely become something. I mean, there's really no other film out there like Ninja 3. There isn't. Come on. Like, there isn't. I mean, there anything else would be an imitator at this point. And I think there should be something similar. But, like, Cynthia Rothrock never did any supernatural films, did she? I mean, not that I know of. I mean, I guess Undefeatable would be the closest. But that's not a supernatural. I mean, the... She's- She's barely even the heart hero. There was it. some supernatural elements to uh, Tiger Claw too. She's in. Okay, I actually watched yeah. that recently. Oh, so. uh, also doesn't that have Avedon? Avedon's no. in that one too. Oh, no, Bolo is in it. Oh, Bolo. Oh wait, I'm thinking he Avedon's in one of these Tiger Claws. I think it might be three. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. <laughs> I mean. We'll we'll definitely have to bring you on for a Lauren Avedon. Even like we've done, we've already done No Retreat, No Surrender two and three, and King of the Kick. Well, we need somebody to help us like see Lauren Avedon in another light because we see him in a very, very, very dark, dusky, shitty. No, only Robert Ginty is the guy we hate with a passion. Right, exactly, and we don't see Avedon as a as a Ginty yet. So (laughs) he's not completely like. Which one's Robert Ginty? Which one is he? He's the exterminator. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Um, are you guys familiar with uh, college kickboxers? We already did that yeah. one. Yeah, college <laughs> kickboxer. That's another one of my favorites. Great heels. Oh, super. super oh, is that the one with the super racist character? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, I miss the days when we could have a super racist heel character because. Yes. Yeah, it's so now, easily hateable, but it's hilarious how extreme it is. It it was so oh man, that movie. I think when we posted that, I even put in parentheses like kick or karate kid with racism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the flow of the movie. All so right, you guys Jussie Showdown? I'm not letting you go just yet. Jussie Showdown, Billy Blanks, like a karate kid ripoff. No, we Star- the, so the star of College Kickboxers, 
went from playing like a 30 year old college guy to like a year or two later. It's Ken McLeod. That's his name. So then he goes after that and he plays a high school senior. Uh, and it also stars, um, Speaking of the Stillers, Ben Stiller's wife. What's her name? Mira. Uh, no. Oh, Ben Stiller's that's, wife. Yeah, I ben thought Stiller, you were talking. Ben, no, no, oh. yeah, Stiller's wife. I, I, hey, dude. Uh, the, the Christine, Christine, Christine Taylor. Yeah, she played oh. Marsha Brady. Right. No. Yeah, and she was in uh, Zoolander. Oh. Um. She was in Hey, dude. Christine Taylor, I think, is her name, but she's like the girlfriend. But anyways, yeah, it's Billy Blanks is like the Miyagi role. He's like a janitor at this school, and this kid uh, who who was uh, I want to say he was Donatello in the original Ninja Turtle movies. Hmm. God, I'm blanking on his name. But Showdown, it's an awesome movie. Patrick Kilpatrick's like the bad guy. Um, I think you guys would dig it. Showdown. It's awesome. I am writing it down right now. We'll definitely check that out. I have to out. check that out because we're yeah. always looking for more movies to tell people they're wrong about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this one, a lot of people will, you'll, you'll agree with people who are right about this because it's a good one. If you liked Kennedy Kick, if you liked College Kickboxers, you'll dig this one. It's definitely got a lot, of, uh, a lot of unintentional comedy spots in it. All right. Um, no, thank you guys. Y'all are awesome, and I look forward to uh, getting y'all uh, on the Abaddon train. Well, we're gonna have you back on to convince us, but <laughs> <laughs> for today, we gotta let these people take their cats out. Yeah, the, yeah. There you have it, everybody. You you got more than you asked for with our two hundredth episode. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But it was, but we had fun, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. That's right. Absolutely. So, Next week, Griff, or for our two hundredth and first, I'm I want to give a shout out to our boy Caesar who follows on Twitter because he reminded me of this movie that I've been wanting to do for a while. This is going to be a good one because we're gonna you're gonna hate the hero of this uh-huh. movie. But if you were a kid, if you grew, if you were from the seventies like I was, you were a boy from the seventies. This guy was your one of your heroes, and his son was in Ninja Three Domination. Because I'm talking about Evil Knievel, Griff. His one. <laughs> Vanity project called Viva Knievel, where he's portrayed <laughs> as a literal Christ. god in this movie. You wow, hate him so much. Have you seen it, Paul? No, what's it called again? It's called Viva, Viva Knievel. No, wow, it's a total vanity project. He's perfect in every way. <laughs> that's amazing. Yes, because that's why we're going to do it next week. So <laughs> check that out next week. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Keep it warm.